Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is September the 13th of 2023. That's right, it's Wednesday the 13th. The most unlucky day that you could possibly have. Friday the 13th? No, everyone loves Friday. That's cool. Wednesday. Wednesday the 13th. That's uh, when it's really unlucky. So. Hump day? It? Yeah, no one wants this. It's okay, guys. We're going to get you over that very unlucky hump with some manga manga talkie talkie today. So uh, I only signed up for a manga talkie today. I don't know if I have it in me for a manga manga talkie talkie. That's a lot to put on that's, somebody. That's multiplying it. That's like squaring it fully. Yeah, so. it's like exponentially manga and talkie. That's a lot. But I'm gonna give it my best shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how I can do. Uh, before I do though, I have a quick shout out I want to give uh, to a listener of the show. Uh, who has sent a costume my way that I won't discuss right now. It is no, something no. that'll come up on the show. Uh, but Colin, a.k.a. Uh, Callensus, I, I always forget how to say the name, so Colin, feel free to correct me, uh, also sent me, uh, along with it, a gif of uh, Ingelhofer Honey Mustard. <laughs> I believe this comes straight from Ingelhofer, uh, which I do believe, of course, as we know, is part of... Belgium, I'm going to say. So I am looking forward to eating this mustard. Uh, Thank you very much for the gift. It was very kind of you. Yeah. uh, The uh, the hoffers of Ingalls shall be consumed mightily Mm -hmm. along with this costume. Yeah. What else would Ingelhofer mean, Nick? Well, I took Spanish in high school, so (laughs) it's not on me to know that. That's That's on the people who took Whatever language that is. Uh, Engel, I believe, is uh, Belginium for uh, <laughs> angles. And Hoffer is, of course, uh, something for lock. So I think this is actually Kurt Angle's ankle lock honey mustard. That's, <laughs> uh, that's no, how I do wish it <laughs> whatever language that is. Too bad, Nick. Only I get to enjoy the sweet, sweet uh ankle lock tap out you son of a bitch i won the olympics with a broken neck mustard the only thing that knowledge of spanish gives me is knowing that everyone who tries to say luchador's names and moves whenever they wrestle on american tv always gets everything wrong they pronounce everything wrong hijo it's not hijo hijo h's are silent in spanish it's not hard rules it's weird because you feel like that's they're so good at like correcting themselves and a couple other things uh you know uh, there's been like a big move recently to like pronounce japanese wrestlers names with like a much more fluid tongue uh but yeah the idea that hijo (laughs) would be uh still be uttered is is baffling at times Kiho sounds just, I mean, it, it sounds like a pastry that you purchased. Yeah, I've had a couple Hios in my life. They're pretty good. Yeah. You get it at a gas station. You're like, this is actually really good for something that I paid like $3 for two of. Because <laughs> you got it at a gas station. You got to get it. I mean, where are you getting Where are you getting quality besides a gas station? I say living in Pennsylvania where gas station food is considered culture. I mean, I, I from what I understand, in some pl- in some places in the world, it actually is. Uh, so I envy you. <laughs> it's well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I don't think sheets or wawa. There's just a fight between which one is better. I don't think either of them have actually what I'd consider good food. Uh, you could just right. get a lot of garbage uh, customized food. 
Wawas are kind of becoming a big thing in the <gasps> area. <gasps> oh my god, Nick! You're gonna have opinions on this argument soon. Well, we don't have the other one, so I, I mean, yeah, I, you're not I, getting my, the sheets. Uh, that's right. That's... My opinion is, my opinion is just a default one, which is compared to every other gas station, Wawa's is just better. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the food, because the rest of them are just like, fuck it, you're here for gas. So. <laughs> I, I remember watching some food reviewer person who was like, "I'm gonna get all of my meals from a gas station today," and it wasn't like a uh, sheets or a wawa it was like some random ass like turkey hill or, or something like that some some fucking regular old gas station they're just gay burritos i was like i mean i guess i i suppose you would survive that day but you would just feel like death you know like the way right. the 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 super size me guy felt but it was actually explained he was like a, a bad alcoholic at the time on top and also stuffed himself to like fullness like that's how i would actually feel i think just eating nothing but gas station food all day yeah uh i have done it when i'm kind of desperate but generally speaking the only times i've ever gotten anything from a gas station been like "Eh, i want i want a soda for the road Mm because i'm gonna be driving for like three hours so sure i'll buy this strawberry fanta (laughs) (laughs) yeah drinks are fine i don't think there's any issue with with drinks yeah uh, but the idea of like grabbing a, you know, a taquito that's been sitting on a roller for God knows how many hours and just being like, that's sustenance. <laughs> I'm like, shit, is fallout happening? Because <laughs> that would be a good meal there. But yeah, they, they've that so- that hot dog roller operates on uh, LIFO uh, uh, rules. So last in, first out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Some say the one at the top of the roller has been there since the dawn of time. <laughs> I, I say this thinking lovingly of my my dearly departed brother who used to make a like active habit of going to gas stations to get burritos and then would complain about his bowels like 10 years later in life. And I was like, maybe it's because you ate fucking gas station burritos every day when you didn't have to. <laughs> Times were not that tough, Mikey. I know they weren't. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, guys, we do have some manga to talk about today. Uh-huh. It's going to be an odd lineup, though. We've got uh, no One Piece, uh, no My Hero, uh, m- almost none of our like irregular series. And, uh, of course, Black Clover is also now one of those irregular series. And we're saying goodbye to one, to, to, uh, one that's gotten the axe, and we're saying hello to a new one. So, an odd lineup all around and we're going to be starting uh, as we are going to be doing uh while my heroes not got a chapter with undead luck so yes let's talk about undead luck this is number 174 on prince charmant uh i don't is <laughs> that's it, perfectly yeah i was gonna say i i realize now is that supposed to be pronounced like prince charming uh, I took Spanish, not whatever language. Oh, hold is, on, so. this week we can solve this problem if I go into Google. I believe it's on Prince Charmant. Let's see. And I apologize. No for one's. My, uh, it's it's not saying Charmant? anything. Charmant, Nick Charmant, Prince Charmant. That just sounds like nonsense. Anyway, uh, we open at Eichholt Hospital. With uh, Rip 
showing up and he has this big monologue about how this hospital has renowned doctors and the best medical equipment. It is the best hospital in the country. Uh, and he, he hates that there is like a, a sad air that hangs in the hospital, this air of like sickness or death. He wants to get rid of it. He wants the hospital to be a good place. After all, he's going to heal and repair everyone and everything. Uh, so we see Rip being greeted by two young children in this hospital, and he's like rubbing them on the head. He's like, oh, look at how you're doing. Wow, your your physical therapy must be going really well, buddy. Oh, hey, Gina, what's, uh, you want this, you know, panda bear shaped lollipop? She's like, oh, wow, this is going to be so cool. And she runs away all excited, and a nurse comes up and is like, hey, I don't know if candy is exactly what you should be giving to the kids. All right. All right, Patch. So, <laughs> there are the... <laughs> there are actual medical things you should be doing, uh, but he like corrects her. He's like, she hasn't been able to keep food down at night, right? Give her uh, a shot of protein and calcium, and then he opens his lab coat and he has uh, other lollipops with like the initials of other kid patients in there. And he's like, this one has this condition. So yeah, it has been getting main nutrients. Give it to the, you know, give this one to this one. And this one shall help with this person's anxiety and this one. And every, the nurse is just like, wait, did you, did you make these? And Rip's lament is, he's like, yes, but I wasn't able to make them very cute though. <laughs> it's very sweet. Yeah. Um, so he's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to I have to go head over. It's like almost this time. I've got to get out of here. And he jumps out the window like he opens the window and jumps yep. out it. And we uh, cut over to Layla, uh, a lotless sister and Rip's love interest who's in the hospital. And she's reciting uh, a prediction of like south, southwest, look in that direction Eat by 10 every day. If you want to do that, then on May 3rd at 10.05, you'll see your prince on a... And then Rip from outside the window shouts out, Layla, I've returned! How are you feeling? And he is literally <laughs> riding on a fucking horse. <laughs> and the horse is like, all right, I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's, it's your deposit, buddy, but I'm out of here at 10.06. <laughs> I only need it for a second, so it was the weirdest contract. I'm like, just for a minute? I mean, this is, it's going to cost a lot just to drive the horse out here. Uh, Layla, of course, is very shocked. She's like, wait, this wasn't a metaphor? This was supposed to be a literal man on a, a prince charming on a horse? Yep. And uh, she's very upset. She's like, oh, she kind of, like, in a cute way, she's very upset. Like, wish you wouldn't do that. The nurses are going to make fun of me again. He's like, I just wanted to surprise you. And she's like, I really didn't think this was going to happen. Thank goodness I asked my sister in advance about this. I mean, when I told Layla about this prince on a horseback thing, and you see Layla is just behind Rip at this point laughing her fucking ass off. She is loving every second of this. She's like, I didn't think you would actually get on a horse. I truly <laughs> did not assume your ass would get a whole would rent a horse to show up outside the hospital for like um 30 seconds. <laughs> Hold on there. He didn't rent a horse. He contracted me. <laughs> <laughs> we have negotiations still going. <laughs> I'm it supposed a, to get it. Very difficult. They were very difficult because when negotiating my salary, I had to do this. 
It took hours. <laughs> and I'm paid a carrot every 30 seconds. You owe me 16 carrots, you fuck. <laughs> um, Rip, of course, is just like, how dare you? You ruined a once-in-a-lifetime surprise. Lotla is just laughing. Uh, she's just very excited by this. And they just have like a, a cute little back and forth. Uh, until Rip is just like, hey, why are you even here? Are you here to put more mumbo jumbo in my, you know, inner head? And she's like, N- it's not mumbo jumbo. It's fortune telling. So kind of back at the fight we knew they had in the last world. And he's like, all right, well, fine. Have you set a day for the surgery then with all your stuff? Leia, they request it. And it's the only thing I'm sort of ceding to you. And she, you know, he's just like, tomorrow. What about the day after tomorrow? What, what is it? And she's like, no, nope. kind of wipes a tear away. I can't tell you that fortune. I don't know. And he's like, what? How, how are you not going to tell me this fortune? This is like extremely important. Yeah. Uh, she's not going to last much longer. He doesn't get to like fully say it. He's just like, her body is in no condition. But as uh, Layla interrupts and it's like, settle down. I'm fine. And if I'm going to have surgery, I want both of you to contribute to it. I want her to pick a date and you to perform it. Like, I, I want both of you to be relevant to this. And she's just like, all right, that's fine. I did peer into the future, though, to see something else. He's like, what, something more important than the date of this surgery? She's like, yeah, your wedding. June 6th seems like a good date. (gasps) Aww. So she already, she's like, I left you speechless, I'm out of you. (laughs) I'll help with the celebration. Best wishes, you two. This is an odd scene because it's, for all the things that have changed, uh, in since the previous timeline, something that has at least thus far remained consistent appears to be like what the ships are, uh, even mm. though characters have met in gotten to know each other in very different ways. Uh, so we know that, like, obviously, you know, like Layla dies tragically, and although Lapa and Rip never like admitted it, there was clearly a thing between them. And so in this sequence, there's like this whole thing of like, you know, acknowledgement. Oh, well, Layla and, and, and Rip are they're, they're, they're engaged and stuff. But it's like, there's clearly a lot of chemistry still between Lala and Rip. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like the whole mood kind of like comes down when she mentions that not happening. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a little odd. It's, uh, I, I do get what you're saying. Cause Layla is um like not fully a character. She is like a set yeah. piece thing. So, whereas, you know, Rip and Lotla have this great back and forth, they have these dualities and things like that, uh, with Layla, it's just like, oh, isn't it cute? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, they are kind of saying, like, these these are the two who are meant for each other, which are like, I don't know about I that. I guess, <laughs> but the fan, the fan fiction writers are not going to be doing this one as much as you think they are. Nah. Uh... And I mean, you know, like when one character is just less less established than another, that's just kind of bound to happen. Uh, you know, like we've seen a lot of characters that we barely knew at all from the previous loop get very fleshed out and become mm-hmm. a lot more interesting. Same could happen with Layla. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like she's going to be a combatant kind of character, but we'll see. Uh, so Rip tries to leave. Uh, Layla grabs his coat and she's like, hey, Rip, will I get better? When I was five, I was told I wouldn't live to see 20, but I'm I'm still here thanks to the two of you. I kind of want you two to be happy on my behalf. So if it turns out that I'm 
not going to get better. I kind of want you to stop worrying about me and move on with your own lives. And Rip uh, turns and is like, oh, then I guess you won't need this. And opens up a wedding ring. He opens up, you know, he has a little proposal box. And he's just like, look, you are going to get better and you will live. You'll live and spend the rest of your days as my wife. And we just see, like, the upper part of her face and then, like, Rip's reaction. And then there's, like, a, a sound effect of, like, flushing. Uh, and his eyes widen. And we see she is just dripping blood. Like, it doesn't even sound like she coughed or anything. Just, like, it is coming out of her mouth spontaneously. Yeah, while she was in the middle of reacting happily to yeah. his proposal, too. So we get suddenly a panic as uh, apparently this is happening all over the hospital. Patients mm-hmm. are suddenly getting spontaneously sick. There's no real consistency beyond it just happening to everyone. There's no like conditions or like symptoms that are going on with it. So everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? Why is this happening? Uh, Layla is, is of course, uh, very kind of pessimistic. And she's like, well, I guess my sister was wrong this time. She's usually not, but... I really kind of held out a little bit of hope when she said I'd make it till June 6th. But, hey, Rip, get along with my sister, after all. you Having you two has been such a blessing. And Rip's like, no, shut up. Her her blessing, her, her predictions are terrible. You are not going to die here. Stop trying to die nobly. Stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Just believe me in her. And Rip looks down the hallway. And it's kind of a weird shot. I think this is meant to be very cool, but from very far away, I was like, who is that? Because uh, you see Fuko down the hallway, and she's standing there with like, a case of some kind. And Rip is just like, who are you? Get the fuck out of the way. It's an emergency situation. And Fuko says, the cause is UMA Sick, the target of our current quest, and the 10th Master Rule UMA. And we get, like, kind of a full-page spread, then, of Fuko staying next to Lotla, saying, Mr. Rip, let me help you. For this illness, your unrepair will do the trick. And she opens the case, and she has the metal legs that uh, Rip later on implants onto himself. I forget the name of them. I, I forget as well. Let's see if uh, I can look it up real quick, if you want to give your thoughts. Well, 10th Master Rule, as we all know, was a very unpopular uh, Master Rule in Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, once they... <laughs> Once they just opened it up to just like you could just you had to, you know, uh, only Blade have, Runner. A sing- have a single monster zone uh, within your opponent's brain, uh, then people really didn't like that. Uh, so um, so this was I mean, it's like a nice setup chapter uh, getting us to know like, oh, hey, this version of Rip is bizarrely soft. Yeah, uh, like, he's such a sweetie. It makes perfect sense. He had an incredibly hard, intense life that made made him cold and jaded uh, in the previous loop, and that didn't happen to him. So you know, all bets were off in terms of how he would end up. And you know, he he was a doctor. He liked helping people. So this does kind of make sense. But seeing Rip friend to all sick children is just <laughs> a very shocking start to this. I uh, I've said before I've like been weirdly like a fan of Rip, and I couldn't quite explain it. I think it was this chapter that we realized, I think I just have a small crush on Rip, because he's such Aww. a sweet guy in this chapter. You're like, when he shows up riding the fucking horse, you're like, what a tremendous fucking dork. 
but I can't help but be like kind of charmed by just how dopey of a guy he is and how passionate he seems to be about trying to help everybody. Um, I'm not sure where this is ultimately going to be going. Um, yeah. It seems like there's a lot of very new elements going on here, um, but I'm curious. Like this seems like there's mm. a lot of cool things at play. And I just want to see how this all starts playing out. You know, the 10th master rule with UMA sick and, you know, getting the Blade Runners back on on Rip. And uh, I guess they're never going to really address how that's kind of like not like a positive thing because Phil also was just like, I'm going to absorb all these artifacts. It's actually fine. <laughs> so I, I, I'll be curious if they do address it anyway. But I don't know, there's a lot of things at play here. Yeah. Uh uh, it's uh, gonna be interesting to get to know the new rip. I'm still kind of going here. I was like, just put the side patch on. Just, just put <laughs> yeah, you just, just draw one on if you don't have one. Come on, <laughs> help me out here. So I need my death perception. No, you don't. <laughs> You're a doctor. Why would you need it? <laughs> You're just a surgeon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still kind of just leaving myself open to this. I'm not fully invested in what's happening yet and we're just kind of like waiting and seeing stages right now uh but uh yeah i'm, I'm open to to what'll happen at least let's uh move on however to blue box blue box it's chapter number 116 it's rude hmm. uh and uh, so last time, Taiki, uh, you know, he found out that Yusa is not going to be participating in the first year badminton event because, you know, he's off fucking training in- internationally. Presumably he's doing like, I don't know, the training in America thing that, that happens in like every tennis manga. Yeah, uh, he's kicking a rock across uh, the country from Texas to Las Vegas. <laughs> And... Which will help him <laughs> with his badminton. <laughs> At the end of it, they're like, you're going to be a great running back. He's like, badminton player. Ah, shit. I knew oh, there was something man. I forgot to check. I, I should have. I'm so sorry, kid. Uh, so he recently, he ended the last chapter, you know, kind of coming across Mochizuki, who's just very lackadaisical about the whole thing. Hence, it's lucky that Yusa's is not in the tournament. And Taiki's like, no, it's not. No. You're wrong. I'm going to beat you up because you're wrong. Uh, Nishida comes by and Kyo, Kyo, Kyo explains the situation to him in the perfect manner, which, of course, you just see happen in Blue Box sometimes, which is something has already been explained to the reader, but not to this one character. And it's summarized as yada, yada, yada. So don't bother writing it all out. Just get it out of the way. Uh-huh. Uh, so Taiki, you know, just explains it, exclaims out loud. I was like, I wanted to beat you, sir, and prove I'm strong. And they kind of make fun of him by saying, what is this Pokemon? It's like, no, it's a shonen. It's a shonen manga. Like, there's so many sports people who do this, especially sports teenagers. Uh, and Taiki says, it'd be rude to tell myself there's no use fighting anyway. Uh, but uh, the two of them show Taiki the uh, tournament ladder. Uh, or I think maybe Taiki just pulls it out himself. And he realizes, like, oh, we'll face off in the semifinals if the two of us just win out. Uh, and he knows, like, okay, well, Mochi, 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 Mochi Mochizuki is, uh, he's good enough to be on one of the top teams in, in the, in the region. So why is he selling so short like that? Uh, Kyo, uh, has a badminton match too. We never see this guy play ever. 
but uh, he goes to take the court, and Ayame, who of course you know was kind of inadvertently kind of like dismissed his chances of winning last time, uh-huh. uh, goes up to him and uh, she says like I'm gonna record the tournament. He says okay, and she says I'm sorry about earlier. And he's like, what about? She's like, when I when I asked who you thought would win, he's like, oh, oh, I don't mind that. <laughs> she's like oh i really kind of thought you did yeah, i felt really bad about <laughs> you're a tough character to read yeah so kyo says i get why you might see me that way but i'm not like taiki i don't shout my goals to the heavens that's one of the best things about taiki earlier he said someone laughed at him and i wonder if he really isn't scared uh or actually, I think this is Ayame saying this. It's it's kind of hard to tell because there's no arrows in the word bubbles. Uh, but I think it's Ayame saying no, this. No, I think this is still... Oh, no. Well, no, I think this is all Kyo, isn't it? Maybe not. I... Yeah, because Ayame's mouth is open for the latter part of this. I think it so. is because he's the one giving like a speech to her. Hmm. I don't know. So one of them says to the yeah. other... I think maybe yeah, they have like a back and forth, I think, but yeah. it's hard to tell because it's just not like lines. Uh, I think Ayame says if Taiki doesn't reach his goals, won't the shock be a punch to the gut? Yeah. Hey, but Kyo paused for a second. He says, well, look at Taiki. Look at Shono. People can laugh at them or they can get their feelings hurt. But rather than playing it safe, they keep moving forward despite all the risks. And that makes them cool. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. I mean, it, it is why, uh, um, oh my god, Shinatsu fell in love with Taiki is just like, yeah, he's yeah. just really passionate about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kyo says, like, I mean, I don't talk openly about my goals like they do, but I am still determined to win as much as I can. So cheer me on. And he starts to walk off. But before he can get away, Ayame says, for what it's worth, I think how you work so hard makes you all cool. So good luck. And then she, yeah, Kyo turns to her and she's me. She's already like turned away and is just running <laughs> off full straight. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great pose. Um, so Nick, I have thoughts. One, uh, we are we are continuing to pursue the uh, Ayame Kyo Kyo uh, ship. Um, which is is good. Do you think it harms the ship in any way that we do not see Kyo? We have not really seen Kyo's Batman to this point in any way. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily like necessary, I guess, uh, for the development of that, because, you know, this is like a quasi a sports series. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the bond between Shinatsu and Taiki is built on the fact that they're both, you know, athletes who are, you know, in the in prime of their youth, pursuing their goals on parallel courses. Ayame's not, though, so I don't think it's strictly necessary for Kyo's athletic pursuits to be emphasized in that regard. Uh, it's not like a theme or binding thing between them. Yeah, uh, I think in my mind, I'm curious because we see so little of him mm-hmm. that I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, does this work the same way? Um, but I think maybe this is just something we'll explore more of. 
Uh, however, because it is such an like underrepresented thing, I'm in this state of like, I like this, but I want to like it a little more. Maybe just seeing more of Kyo will help with that. He is, he does feel a lot of times like he's just kind he's just a supporting character as in he's there for the main characters to bounce off of. Uh, I, it feels like even when Ayame was first introduced, she was much better sta- established as an individual character. Uh-huh. She was set up in terms of like, hey, here's this girl and here's you know what she's about, even before she was defined as she's the team's manager. Uh, and so this is how people are going to be interacting with her starting from this point. Uh, so it is a little bit weird that we have Kyo, who was just kind of like, the guy that Taiki would just have as a foil and someone that, you know, he could confide in. And now he's supposed to stand on his own as an individual. Mm-hmm. And he still interacts with the cast the same way. He's just the person that they bounce off of, which I guess is because he's just kind of a quiet guy. Now, do you see him occupying a shoe like place? <laughs> Maybe. Uh... <laughs> Uh, anyway, there's still a lot of the chapters. <laughs> oh, right. We're on page eight. <laughs> um, so Taiki ha- passes by some other badminton players and they're like, there was a kid saying he wanted to go to nationals. I couldn't help laughing. Maybe we've forgotten what that feels like. We've seen Kyoto's overwhelming strength for too long. And with Yusa now, we can't say things like that. It's like, I, they're just like, we, we're just not as good as those guys, so why bother trying? And Taiki's like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> I just love how comedically, like, coordinated this is. Where Taiki's just, like, walking by. He's like, oh, I'm gonna head into the stands. Da, da, da. Oh, immediately right behind two guys who are like, oh, man, I just heard some kids say he wanted to go to nationals, and I laughed out loud at him. Boy, let's analyze that for a hot moment. It's It's very, like, comedically, like, uh, coincidental. <laughs> Mochizuki says that the future only amounts to your talent and the effort you put in. So it's rude to the masters when an average nobody talks about his dreams. What? Who is this boy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. It is meaningless to have any ambition. <laughs> and it is rude to those who are born with talent to, to have such ambition that is beyond the scope of our human limitation. <laughs> All right. Fair enough, you get, jerk. Do, do you have a lot of friends with that <laughs> attitude? It's like, why are you trying to get better at drawing? You're never going to be a someone, Yeah, Someone's better. Why try? <laughs> You're a, you must be so much fun. So everyone must want to hang out with you and tell you about how, what they want to do with their lives. Like, I want to be an, an obstetrician when I grow up. Why do you want to be an obstetrician? Clearly someone is better an obstetrician than you. <laughs> so Taiki hears all this, of course, and is like, oh, oh did you overhear us? He makes a face at him and... Now, anyway, uh, uh, out of curiosity, how did you read this seemingly as like mocking? He, he just goes, oh, did you hear us? Uh. In my mind, I thought he seemed somewhat remorseful about it. Like, oh, I didn't realize you were there. I'd still stand by everything I said, but ooh, kind of weird. Right. It's like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. Eh. Oh. Anyway, they both reach the semifinals. 
and uh, there is a great, uh, you know, introdu- you know, introductory thoughts from the penis gallery regarding Taiki, which is, oh right, that guy who was paired up with Haru, I forgot he was there. <laughs> Damn. All right. Fucking savage. So before the two of them have their match, Mochizuki says to Taiki, hey, look, don't be mad about earlier. That's just how we think. And it's not like we're going to tell you what to do. But Taiki just cuts him off and says, it's fine. I know how you feel. And they start playing. And uh, Taiki, you know, seems to have the advantage, at least at first. Uh, But and so people start to realize, like, oh, he's 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 good. Uh and as Taiki gets gets a nice opportunity, he, go, he jumps up for a smash and he thinks to himself, I thought about it, too, that I don't know my limits and that this might be a far off goal. But I don't think that's a reason to put myself down. There's zero chance I would ever let that way of thinking get the better of me. And uh, scores a big point off of that smash. Uh and this is kind of like his sort of like silent declaration that he's only just making for himself. Yeah. Taiki looks cool here. You know, it's he it's does. he's like, hey, I've got my motivations. I've hurt someone who's critical of my way of thinking and I'm not going to shit talk them. I'm just going to say that I really believe in myself and I'm going to try to win this game and then thus prove them wrong. And we get some. Final thoughts over from uh, Haru and Nishida, because Nishida is just having a volley bit practice. It's like, hey, you remember that tortoise and hare thing? I think Taiki's less a tortoise and more a wild boar, <laughs> don't you think? I'm obviously the tortoise. <laughs> Be like, then quit. Why are you on this team? <laughs> Why are you the captain? <laughs> uh, but Haru thinks about it for a second. He says, even the hare can be overtaken more easily than you think. Ooh. Curious. So we'll see what happens. Looks good for Taiki for a moment here. Yep. Yep. It's only one point. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. There's some interesting stuff that happens in this chapter, but a lot of it is just kind of like stuff starting in a, in a couple of different senses in terms of mm-hmm. like developing relationships and also sports hooray it's a sports sports manga. Sports, sports sports all right nick let's talk about something that is not sports at all chainsaw man no. for Verm. it's chapter 142 denji fan club <sighs> so <laughs> nayuta and denji are at the amusement park I like how you can instantly tell that Nayuta's being an asshole to the other kids because she's right and she's going, ah! I, this is the best moment of this chapter because it, it, the ride they're on is, like, connected. Like, it's, it's what would she be shouting at? Like, it looks like she's on, like, a, a fixed track, but she's still like, out of my way, assholes! I think it's very adorable. She's being such a child. Um, Denji's bodyguard uh, says, okay, so you didn't join the Chainsaw Man Church. Uh, and he's like, well, yeah, look, you can relax. I'm not going to turn into Chainsaw Man. And she says, you know, turning into Chainsaw Man must feel really good because you get all that recognition and respect. I, I imagine you get, like, huge thrill. And Denji says, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, uh, and then she says, 
Yeah, I guess you're right. I'd rather die than get watched in the bathroom like Chainsaw Man. <laughs> and then she's like, "You guys, I'm what? being watched in the bathroom." <laughs> I I really love that moment. Like, what? Wait, what? You're watching me in the bathroom? Oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you that. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's gross. I jerk off in there. <laughs> That's why, like, yeah, this is, he's right to be very angry. I like that. <laughs> the clarification he has to add. And she, and she just says in response, oh, I've really done it now. I'm going to get in trouble again. He's like, you guys all suck. I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, like, Our problems are equivalent. To- <laughs> it's wild how much of like a fail son character uh this girl is i i don't even, I, I feel like we do know her name and i just haven't learned it she's just wiener girl um and yeah she just continuously kind of beefs everything she's in like i don't know if this is supposed to be like 8d chess and she's like no i'm saying something that's not true to make him be more paranoid i i, I don't know what her goal is but it seems like she is just really truly clumsy and like Kobeni, but not charming in any way. <laughs> right. Especially in that, after we saw her in that whole freaking. Uh, I mean, after we found out she's like 26, <laughs> she's just pretending to be a high schooler. Right. Uh, let's see if I can find it. But uh, so um, they have that freak out. Denji accuses her of being a total stalker. And she, because, you know, he, she touched, she touched my waiter uh, and watches him in the bathroom. Uh, and she says in her defense, who wouldn't want to touch Chainsaw Man's wiener? Um, Check and mate, Nicholas. Yeah, I can't argue. With, <laughs> I can't argue with her logic. I admit. Uh, <laughs> uh, her name is... Um, uh, Fumiko, by the way. Ah. So, uh, and she says, like, I'm not a stalker, I'm your fan. And she, and then she's like, all the women who come on to me hate my guts. Like, <laughs> he's he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Uh, I believe that the only person he's had any, the only woman that he's had any form of, like, intimate connection with that doesn't hate him is Kobeni. And I say intimate only because he forced her to go on a date with him when he was a Chainsaw Man monster. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, that t- so she counts the least, and so she hates. Him. I think she. I think. I think she still hates him, though. I think that's still. I don't know. I. Th- I think that she might just like be terrified of everything. Like, so. So, Fu- so Fumi uh, admits, "I do hate you a little bit," because uh, Chainsaw Man didn't save my mom and dad. And uh, this kind of you know, makes Denji shut up. And uh, she says, yeah, the town where Chainsaw Man fought the gun feed, I lived there with my family. We, we just sat down for dinner when our house was destroyed. I managed to crawl out of the rubble and Chainsaw Man and the gun feed were there fighting right in front of me. So I shouted to Chainsaw Man. And I begged him to rescue my mom and dad. But my voice was drowned out by chainsaw sounds. Chainsaw Man didn't even notice me. And she's like, did your mom and dad survive? <laughs> it was, I guess it's just because of the way wording is, and maybe like the the implication is, is far different in Japanese. But I was like, when she said my dad, like, 
Chainsaw Man didn't save my mom and dad. I think the implication is that they passed. Yeah. She confirms it uh, and then says, hey, but you don't need to worry about that. Because I don't see Chainsaw Man as a superhero or a god or any of that. When Chainsaw Man turned back into a human that day, I was watching. You were crying, right? And when I saw that, I realized for the first time, the one who's been fighting all this time while devils kill him over and over again was just a kid. And that was when I made up my mind to save him. I'm a huge fan, Denji Senpai. Not a Chainsaw Man fan. A Denji Senpai fan. I do like this as a detail of this character. Uh, somebody who's like, I've seen that Chainsaw Man is human, and I've fallen in love with that aspect of the humanity. I am not ready to become sympathetic to this character exactly because one there's part of me that thinks this might just be a gigantic lie mm. i just don't trust this character uh but two uh she's duplicitous in all the wrong way like in all the good ways as a as a character as like a reader i'm like i don't like this character for the right reasons <laughs> like I, I i'm so i'm not ready to like root for also i i've been you know I've read enough Fujimoto work to know that this character probably doesn't have a long and healthy future ahead of her. So, um, right. I, I, I either she's going, to, either she's going to betray Denji, or she's going to die very, you know, prematurely, or both. <laughs> so. um, but I do really appreciate this like difference of philosophy of of like yeah. I'm not a Chainsaw Man fan. I'm a Denji fan. Yeah, it's nice to know that there is someone out there who actually acknowledges that Denji's, you know. A human, a yeah, there's a human yeah. being in there at some point. <laughs> and then on cue. Me, I am a Chainsaw Man fan, and it's fucking, it's the fucking flamethrower devil. <laughs> it's a, just sits down next to Denji in the in the park, and uh, I it, fucking Fumiko looks at him like, well, how did he get here? <laughs> I love it. He's like, oh, man, they're really impressive. It was no walk in the park just getting right here. But I am here. To be clear, I am here. So Denji says, what do you want? The guy does that douchey thing where he is not in the middle of it, but he lights a cigarette and then puffs it and then answers. Like, you weren't in the middle of that. That's like when <laughs> someone asks you a question and then you take a bite to eat and so that you can chew while contemplating. It's like, you weren't doing that before. Fuck you. Uh <laughs> And he afterwards holds up a lighter and says, check it out. Proof of my fandom. A Chainsaw Man lighter. It's, it's, that's merch that Denji doesn't get any any money for. <laughs> poor Denji. <laughs> this poor kid. So he says, will you listen to my fan request? Personally, I want to see Chainsaw Man fighting. I want to see him carving up devils with his chainsaws. Getting covered in gore, suffering, and struggling, and getting killed, and despite it all, returning to life and getting back up again. I'm not letting out the smoke. Moments <laughs> from now, there will be a devil attack on this building's first floor. Just a hunch. And if I had to guess, the folks down there will be shouting, Save us, Chainsaw Man! And we cut to a food court where Sword Devil Boy and a couple other members of the Chainsaw Man Church just standing nearby, a crowd 
including fucking children. Uh, I like this ending panel because uh, Sword Devil seems like obviously very nervous. Uh, the uh, feminine devil to the left, she's ready though. She's got goggles on. She has her her jacket on over as a cape. She's got her arms crossed. Like, I don't know. I just like that. Like let's go energy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's bad because next chapter she's probably going to start killing people. Uh, but I, I just like how dorky she looks at this moment. Why do these guys suck so much? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, this chapter is like an interesting view of like the two different sides of Chainsaw Man, of the people who view him. Like the side we've mostly seen of the people who are like, oh, my God, you're like an inspiring, almost like you know deity like figure chainsaw man i want to see you kill and get covered in gore and die and come back and murder and kill and chainsaw and all these things and then somebody who's just like actually i like that there's a person inside of you who seems to be like really (laughs) troubled by all the shit you had to put up with and i I think that is a very fun uh dichotomy to explore um i have no idea what's going to happen this isn't the most substantial chapters but that conversation Mm -hmm. is great it almost kind of makes you feel like there is might be a kind of a commentary on like the fandom of the series. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, in terms of like, hey, do you ju- like just see that there's a bunch of like gore and weird action stuff, or do you also recognize that like, hey, there's a bunch of other like humanity and stuff that happens <laughs> in the series too? Which is what, like, look, the gore and stuff is fun as shit, but also like the reason why the series is as good as it is is because there's depth to it <laughs> alongside that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. God, like, it's weird because we know that, like, the Chainsaw Man Church is at the very least being manipulated as part of Fami's, like, plan to, you know, deal with, like, the apocalypse and Denji and all this stuff. And despite knowing that, it, it really does feel like it's like, man, everyone in this fucking church is just stupid. They just suck. <laughs> All right, but let's, let's move on. Let's talk, yeah, about Eden Zero, Nick. We this, do have an Eden Zero, a Zero of Edens. Gotta, gotta get the phone for it. Uh, Eden Zero, Chapter 255, uh, an unexplored cosmos. So yep. um, we, that that was it. That was everything to do with Jupiter Helix, apparently. I yep. thought there might be a little more, but they literally nope. opened up this chapter by just being like, Ah. Well, she's gone. <laughs> Glad that all went the way it did. Done and done. Uh, so, well, old man wise and what Bernadette, I forget her name, uh, are on the ship, and they're like, "Oh wow, isn't this cool?" Uh, we get, I guess, a ship teasing scene or something with Hermit being like, "Oh, are you into bunny girls?" And Wise is just like, "Nah, bunny girls like her only go for old geezers." There's a very weird and gross sister joke that oh, I'm yeah. not going to touch on, but it's like, I was like, God, I guess this has just become her character at this point. Like, I know she's always well, been, like, kind of freaky into BDSM yeah. stuff, but this was, like, straight up, like, unnervingly horny. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I understand why this has been the case increasingly with sister, which is that there are constantly... 20 characters on this ship always interacting in every single scene so what is the point of having any of them say anything unless it's something that only they can say yeah. so like Moskoy can overreact to something so well, you can have him have a line here 
sister can say something really horny, we'll have her say that here. If you don't have that kind of thing that separates you from everyone else, then you're just like Valkyrie, and you just say normal things that anyone else could say. Yeah, it is true. I mean, Valkyrie really has, like, a a black hole of personality at this point, uh, because she just says lines. Um, Laguna is like, so this means Joker's gone for good? And Old Man Wise is like, well, she's like a game engine, so I guess not she kind of exists somewhere on the internet probably uh, i didn't really think this one through all the way but yeah she's probably out there somewhere and they're like wasn't well, that bad was she working for void will she attack like won't she just come for us again and she he's like no nah, i saw the look on her face she's a friend now she's cool <laughs> don't worry about it it's um, a good thing that her void of a face which is the only thing distinct about her design fade away to make her a generic female appearing character whose yeah. face ha- had very human expressions <laughs> yeah I saw her human face and thus I was like you're a good person you're attractive um, Pino <laughs> asks the question why would a game engine made by the professor be working for void and the story <laughs> the story is just like meh <laughs> maybe they thought robot the the robot idea void had was pretty cool they were just gonna join up with void i guess or i don't know maybe void found her first who knows and it's like sure dog i guess none of us had an idea why she did what she did but we did that's what the story was so fair enough um weiss looks over to pino and recalls like a flashback of Pino saying, if anything happens to me, take this. And he's like, oh, hey, by the way, and he hands her like a flash drive. And he's like, these are the memories that you're missing. Um, and we cut back to the scene. This was only like a month ago, so I don't know if we needed the full yeah. flashback, but there's like the 8,000 fucking hot tub scene. So right. a lot of it did blend together. Maybe it is very important that we had this. Uh, of the conversation in the the hot spring, which was like, oh, hey, have you not told them the secret of the four shining stars yet? And sister getting really angry, like, what the fuck? You're hiding something from us? Tell us. And Pina just being like, I don't know. There's something I, I can't access. So I, I, there is something hidden, definitely, but I, I don't know what it is. Uh, back in the present, uh, old man wise is like, yeah, I met you before on Norma. You came to me and asked me to remove these memories. And Pino's like, wait, I asked you to do this? Like, that's, what does that mean? He's like, oh, yeah, and then you said you were going to wait in that case for your master. And, like, I don't know if this is, like, a retcon of some kind or kind of, like, writing in a moment. They're just like, wait, if she was there and then got eaten by the chronophage, wouldn't that have, like thrown her 50 years of the future and they're like actually that was a special chronophage immune box that Shiki must have or uh, Ziggy must have made so so that's that's how this all happened it's also weird because this is an alternate universe and the Weiss who did this for her is different yes. from the Weiss who was old Weiss in the previous universe so that like he's different from that one so did this pino only do go through this experience in this universe or did it also happen in the previous it must have happened this must be like a constant pino must always go to old man wise ask for these memories to be removed and then like kind of say like oh maybe i'll need them again later down the line it's a little clumsy uh the thing that really bothers me 
is immediately sisters like fucking open them we need to find it and i was like holy shit like you're the worst <laughs> like you continue to bully this poor robot with anger i don't quite understand this characterization at all she doesn't have an adult's body so i can't abuse her physically so i have to yeah. abuse her emotionally <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fucked up everyone else is like of course, we're not going to force Pino to like to look at this if Pino doesn't want to. It is your choice. You have some form of consent in this situation. And yeah, even it's, it's just Mr. being a jerk. So yeah. it's like she has to be as intense as if there were a group, a divide amongst the group. It's yeah. Weird. Uh, Shiki, of course, comes up as the captain is like, you don't have to, Pino. Besides, there might be something on there we don't want to know. So. If you want to, absolutely, but otherwise, don't worry about it. And the rest of the cast is like, yeah, good. This is kind of what I feel like should be happening. I just wish there was like a cut over to Sister. He was just like, meh, meh, I can't, like all grimacing and pouty. Like, I think the only other person who speaks up on with the opinion of like, hey, we should check it out is Hermit. But she's just like, you know, I do kind of want to know about this. Yeah. Like, that's, that's her only input. Um... Old Man Wise and Bernadette are going to leave. Uh, Rebecca's like, wait, you're not coming with us? He's like, nah, this is your adventure. I'm going to go check things out. Uh, and maybe I'll even get to see a young Bernie on Norma, you know. Um, then he turns to Young Wise and he goes, as for young me, well, you hang in there. And Wise says, thanks. And like, as a writer, there's such like a phenomenal world you create like when you have the natural opportunity for someone to speak or interact with their past or future self like there's so much you can discuss in that moment so much like narrative you can like explore like you just think of that question and it's posited to you as a human being like what would you say to your younger self if you ever met them or what would you do if you met an older version of yourself what would you ask them there's such a nothing interaction between these two characters like a line that means nothing you hang in there and a nothing response of like thanks okay like, i was like cool i'm glad you two characters have interacted here's what i feel about this scene i'm gonna express it to you via imagery okay i want you i want you all to imagine an apple nice round red juicy apple perfectly shiny and healthy looking must be all juicy and sweet pick it up take a bite out of it you realize there is literally nothing beneath the skin it just collapses in your mouth there's there's no there's no fruit there's no stem no seeds it just it's empty it's completely empty that is what it is like reading this sequence like oh man what's what's why he's gonna say to his younger self keep it up kid yeah like it's just one Foxcloak is bringing out the idea future knowledge would be functionally useless. I'm not speaking to the idea of like asking them information no. about. I just mean like emotionally, wouldn't there be things you'd want to ask yourself? Uh, like, hey, I've seen myself in the past. Like, maybe speak to some things like, you know, enjoy your mom while you can. Or, yeah. uh, you know, hey, uh, maybe this womanizing thing isn't for you. Maybe find yeah. one person and settle down. I, I don't know. Just, yeah. just something Fuck you it. could say. If you're going to, like, continue to gradually push the idea of a ship between Hermit and Weiss, you know what would actually be something that would help to, I think, get me personally on board with it? If Weiss were to say, like, hey, instead of, like, womanizing people, like, 
find someone who means something special to you, like as a friend first and foremost, someone you could see yeah. yourself going on adventures with and spending the rest of your time with. That's how I ended up with Bernadette. And I and and he says like, who knows? Maybe you've already found that person. And yeah. like. There's something. It feels like there should just be something he can say. And I wrote that in 30 <laughs> seconds. Like, <laughs> it, it just feels like you could, you could come up with something. Like, uh, right now, One Piece is obviously the big thing. And I know comparing One Piece and Hero is, like, a whole fucking, like, loaded argument. But, like, you just think to even, like, uh, like because, like, East Blue stuff is what's popular right now because live action. That line of, like, Zeph shouting to Sanji, like, hey, keep your feet dry or something like that. And you're like, maybe you don't even have a significant to it but at least just a more interesting line than like what, what is it you hang in there hang thanks in there, it's, it's just, just hands just hands him a poster of a cat hey <laughs> from a tree branch it, it's just it's it's very silly also like didn't really say like another line to rebecca he kind of just existed to be like yeah, yeah, I, I made a game design that almost tried to kill us all anyway you seem like you handled it pretty well catch you later um so, yeah, they're, they're off to the grand line now, Nick. They've gotten the Mother Ether. They're going to head into an unshipped. I you may walk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the crappy version here. Uh, so they, they, they activate it. They install the Mother Ether. It gives them a little video game fucking breadcrumb trail that's like, follow this and you'll see fucking Mother. Uh, and I guess at this point really does confirm that, like, Labilia and Couchpo were just not relevant to the fucking core. They like I know they said they're like I think they're probably safer without the ship. I expected some level of interaction before like this all finally happened, but this is straight up just like I don't know. They just didn't matter. I'm sorry. I thought I had an idea for them, but I didn't. <laughs> Turns out when you consider how many people are on board the Eden Zero right now, it's like when it's January. And people are cutting promos about wanting to win the Royal Rumble. And then you get to the Royal Rumble match. And some of the people who are cutting promos aren't in the match because <laughs> they're that unimportant. <laughs> uh, so they're like, oh, my God, we're in uncharted territory. There's nothing in this cosmos. All the other cosmos had like unique and cool designs. But this is just empty space. And they're like, wow, we're truly someplace that no one's ever really been before. There, you know, there's there's nothing wild, but this has mystical feeling to it. And it's like, I guess, sure. But they're like, yeah, Mother is somewhere out there. And if we follow the light, it's going to lead us right to Mother. But Nick, it's not there. The chapter ends. We then cut over to another portion of the ship. I think it's like their observation deck. And Pino opens up a screen and just says, Master Ziggy, the four shining stars. And she's crying. Uh, as robots famously could do, it says, no. So it, it seems she has learned the secret of the four shining stars and is not happy with the result. Yeah, I mean, like, if this actually leads to, like, some sort of actual important re revelations happening, then good. Uh, uh, yeah. Because, you know, I don't even care if it's good or bad revelations. Just as long as, like, something important happens. Please, please. I, I, I did not hate the end of this chapter. I was like, this is intriguing. This is one of the things that actually like gets to me. I was like, all right, I'm like on board with this idea. It's just everything around it was kind of weird. The, I don't know. I don't want to go over everything we just talked about, but basically everything we talked about, bad character writing, like a complete like 
end to the Joker Helix storyline. Like, I'm not here to prank, even, like, clap. I was like, yeah, I think I called it almost exactly for what was going to happen. Maybe it was a little stupid that I even gave it credit for. But, like, <laughs> I, I, it's just weird how abruptly they were just like, and that was that. So, I don't know. All sorts of weirdness going on. But we will, uh, we will see. Anyways, let's move on. Yeah, let's cipher some academies. It's uh, chapter 39. You can't put an army on a stone. You can't, Nick. I I guess not. Yeah. So, uh, God, Kagoe has updated all the glasses weapons, uh, and she kind of warns Iroha, like, hey, uh, just be careful who you give these to. Can't say this too loudly, and I'm sure you don't want to hear it from me. But these glasses have completely different focal points from before. So they're going to operate differently, presumably. I mean, uh-huh. I, I imagine it's not going to be a matter of, oh, I have to hold the code that I decipher with these two feet from my face instead of two and a half feet. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But she also says, you won't just be putting on glasses. You'll be putting your lives on the line. <gasps> Nick. This is intense. So uh, we cut to uh, an interview area, uh, which was a conscription area. Now it's an interview area. I guess that that's a joke on like maybe Toshi's side. I was like, oh, this is where we're going to recruit people. And I was like, no, we're going we're gonna to interview people. It's, it's voluntary. Voluntary. But he's there at a table along with Toshi and uh, Ensa. And I guess that Ensa is just like going to just constantly be Oroha's just kind of like buddy companion from now on uh she doesn't seem to really do much on her own but she's kind of Iroha's closest friend it seems like Uh during all this uh they're interviewing currently Shutan who just kind of exposits more about her backstory uh and in terms of like how her family was doing bad stuff got involved with Toshisai's family she ended up becoming uh Toshisai's essentially younger sister uh and Iroha says, "Like, oh, so like your 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 parents took her in. They're they're, they're true philanthropists." And Tosha says, "Like, I mean, not not exactly. They they really just like they were kind of ha- they kind of had a selfish goal. And they just kind of did something nice along the way. But thanks, I guess. So, um, so Shutan points out that uh." The reason why that she joined uh, Toshisai's former team and focused on developing non-lethal weapons, but then her former team was forced to disband by Shitai Kubinashi and Yukako. And so it's like, all right. Uh, so that happened. Uh-huh. So Ensa says, like, okay, final question. If you receive a glasses weapon over summer break, would you like to be dispatched to Digital Cypher Academy as a soldier? So Shitai thinks it over. Uh, and uh, then we cut to the area later. Iroha sums up saying, like, all right, we've got ourselves another reserve. Uh, I guess we're, I'm just glad that she didn't say no. He seems to be repeating the semaphore dance that has been in the background for this entire time. I guess just keeping it fresh in his memory. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, he says, like, all right, so we've got, you know, we, we might end up with, with a few people left over, given that we've got, you know, certain numbers of glasses weapons and we can only distribute so many to them. Uh, Toshisai summarizes saying like, yeah, Yosemura just said no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I do like kind of like, it 
does make sense for someone like her to not be interested in Mork. <laughs> it turns it's out like, not everybody here is, is like, Mork, Mork, Mork. Right. But it is also a little bit where it's like, well, we built her up for her to not go on this journey with us. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Ira says, on the flip side, I'm surprised Anonymity-san said no. And the, but Toshisai suggests that maybe she wanted to go on her own separate path. It's like, I, I honestly feel less weird about anonymity saying, like, I'm not going to do this whole thing because, like, she feels like she's, you know, developed and changed. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, she had a character arc. Yusamara hasn't. So <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> all it, right. it is like a very interesting space, but like, because uh, like they immediately are like, oh, the only person who really jumped at the offer is, uh, Koshibai. Koshibai. And you're like, I guess it's a character who hasn't done anything. So I guess we're still kind of in the place of trying to build the full class out mm-hmm. of like give everyone a little bit. Uh, I still think there are a couple characters who just feel like they're never really going to get anything. Right. Um, but it does feel like there is an intention being placed in Dream trying to be like, all right, class 1A is, is significant. Let's try to get a little bit of them out there or whatnot. Where Cypher Academy, I mean, I don't know if it's like, a, oh, it's it's like a lock to last as long as the author you know wants to do or anything. I'm not suggesting that, but we've kind of reached a threshold where it definitely seems like certain ground that may have been kind of like raced past before can kind of be circled back around to. Uh-huh. I think that series is sticking around for a while. Um I shouldn't. I feel like I like lightning should have struck as I said that, but I, I do feel like the series has the ability to go on for a little while longer. So I don't know whatever pace it wants to go for. Also, they established at the end of this that they have like half the people they need for this mission, yeah. so more people might join who said no or whatever. Uh, Iroas indicates that he tried to get uh, Taiyu to to join up, and Taiyu's response was, "If you're my friend, you should understand this. I'm definitely not going." And uh, Rose like, yeah, yeah, kind of sucks. She was like way more forceful in refusing than she was the last time. I think things might have gone differently if you'd asked her yourself. Uh, but Toshisai says like, yeah, but just like you said before, there would be no point in doing that. And the same goes for Yukako. Same goes for Shutan. But she thinks privately to herself, even if it was just meaningless words, I'm surprised that Titan would ever call someone friend. Aww. This is. And meanwhile. Iroha and Ensa are dancing, doing a weird dance. Yeah, they're having a good time. I love that. That's very cute. This is maybe my favorite moment of anything. Oh, this, this week. is great. This, this is fantastic. So Toshisai thinks to herself for a second, and then says, Iroha Zakakun, I challenge you to a code battle. If I win, you will pass the seat of grade wide leader over to me. And Iroha's like, what, what, What's going on? What, what, what are you doing all of a sudden? And Toshisai just presents him with a puzzle that's really weird. It's got the kanji character for write, which is kind of written like the letter, the word to T-O, and then there's an arrow, there's arrows on either side of it pointing in towards it. So basically, it's arrows pointing right and left around the word right, as in the direction right. And so Iroha 
starts to think it over and starts to point his finger. And before he, she, he even finishes, Toshisai says, Oh, splendid. Oh, dear. How could I have lost such a critical battle? I suppose <laughs> I'll have to tell you about She just wants to explain her backstory, but she's like, look, in this world, you don't do anything unless you lose <laughs> fucking clue so she's just like hey let's do a puzzle ah you beat me anyway here's my backstory i guess i'll have to tell you how Titan and i got to know each other it's so fucking funny i love that this series follows its own stupid rules of just like yeah you gotta beat me in a code battle to find out anything but i kind of want to tell you so you're some fucking gimme uh so she says, oh, do you know who the Minister of Defense was 10 years ago? And he's like, no. And she says, that's fine. It's proof our country is at peace. And I'm like, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but she says, the Minister of Defense's daughter is Tayutan. And uh, so Uriah says, like, well, but you said that you and... She says, yes. She, Nonon, and I are from elite economic, political, and social backgrounds, strategically forced to grow up together in order to fuse those spheres. And we see that they would play Scrabble together. And <laughs> this Scrabble game's all sorts of fucked up. I, like, started to zoom in on it, and I was like, I don't think these kids know how to play Scrabble. <laughs> it's There's a few things where it's like, those words don't make words when it crossed over with those. Yeah, I was like, there's a lot of, like parallel lines of words and i'm like you know all the letters like in the rows then also have to be a word right you can't just right. put a long word down next to another long down word be like and triple points jetwek is not a word kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> also they 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 you know like crossover stuff like friendship kindness with zillionaire ceo <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 very like emotionally poignant scrabble as well right. like kindness best friends forever queen money <laughs> <laughs> uh so he says like oh but there's a different minister of defense now right don't tell me the previous one became the prime minister or something the biggest issue with this this scrabble board is morgue should have been on it they should have been fucking morgue <laughs> <laughs> uh Tochizai says, no, the previous Minister of Defense was ruined 10 years ago after a fatal scandal was revealed, caused them to lose all political power. Uh, and so I was like, oh, was it was it Kubinashi-san who was behind that, too? Uh, and Tochizai says, no, of course not. The one who exposed the Minister of Defense's plot to subvert the government and sent them to prison was five-year-old Tayutan herself. And so fucking cool. This kid has you, been a fucking menace since she's been five. Yugata is giving a Yugata look while she's five years old and is wearing little kid overalls. <laughs> the overalls, I don't know why they're such a brilliant choice because it does really capture that spirit of youth and you're just like, a five-year-old really fucked your day up, didn't she? <laughs> Um, and so Tochisai says, like, yeah, I mean, like, what she did was good for the sake of the nation. Uh, it probably stopped wars, but it ruined the childhood friend plan, of course, resulting in both kick attack planning and the Nohime family being humiliated by a child. I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, 
So afterwards, no known and Toshisai went to, you know, find Yugata who was just kind of like huddled under, you know, a playground set while it was raining. And I love that even it, at, at five years old, Toshusai has her jacket on with her arms crossed. Not she's, she's she has had a fucking posture and attitude since she came. Like if they showed the moment of her birth and she came out of the womb with her arms crossed, I'd be like, yeah, a hundred percent. That is Toshusai. No wonder the birth was so difficult. She- <laughs> They're like, this was extraordinarily painful, but she would not relent. She said it was important for her to always maintain this posture. <laughs> and then she made a comment about her mom's ass for some reason. <laughs> it didn't make sense. She hadn't yet lost that code battle that forced her to do that. Uh, so, yeah, at this moment, Toshisai just says, like, look, you've got nowhere else to go. Just become my little sister. That way we, we're, we're still friends. And, you know, you got to was like, no, I sold out my parents. I betrayed my friends. I, yeah, I know that I acted with a sense of justice like I've read about in books. But that's why I can never have friends or family for the rest of my life. So Tokusai grimaces and goes, okay, then just be my maidservant instead for the rest of your life. I don't care what our relationship is as long as we can stay together. Aww. Now come. In a weird, twisted way. Aww. In a weird, twisted way. There's, like, details about this that are really, like, that's a little weird for you to say. Like, she said, go home and prepare a bath for me. Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't even said yes. <laughs> it is actually very funny to me at the idea, like, come on, be my little sister out the city. I'm like, no. I've done things and I have a sense of morality that I that won't allow me to do this. Like, Fine, be my maidservant just as long as we're together. And since you're my maidservant, if you could hop, hop, I'm kind of hungry. What's what's going on? When's dinner showing up? <laughs> like she's like, no, you are my maidservant. So there's there's tasks that need to be done. This is not a symbolic relationship. La- I will treat you as if you're beneath me. <laughs> Laundry has not been folded yet, and you're still standing out here in the rain. What the fuck? This is going to show up in your your report. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, you got to agree to this right away. Uh, and it, so in the present, you says like, I mean, I never would have imagined that sort of situation was behind why she acts that way. But she says, all right, then leave it to me. I'll become a good enough friend. You got to son for the both of us. And the next page is a full page spread of Toshisai <laughs> crossing her arms and glaring at her. Like, don't you fucking dare steal my bestie. <laughs> yeah, She's like, fucking try it, bitch. I'll fucking rip your anus straight out of your body. You're like, Oh, usually your butt related things are a lot more fun. <laughs> uh, and uh, so she's like, look, I'm, no, don't do that. <laughs> so, Iroha is like, huh? And she keeps calling Nohime-san Nonnon like it's nothing. I don't know. They don't seem to be unrelated. She still refers to Yugata as Tayutan. I mean, like whatever. Mm. Yeah, so, um, so she says we saw with the trilemma capture test that she can't exercise her true power due to the fact that she's my servant. So I can't invite her to this cyber to the cyber brain battle. So makes sense you know like if she's kind of like limiting herself this way because of her relation to Toshisai yes so Hiro's like all right well what if there's a way an option we can only use now since we haven't gathered up enough people and 
he goes to, to to Yugata, who is eating by herself in the cafeteria, and goes, Oh, man! Toshisai-sanai looks like we're going to be totally on our own in the metaverse, just the two of us. Yes, no one else wants to join. All right, goodbye, Yugata-sanai! <laughs> It's, and, uh, it's so funny because it really firmly established. Again, it's similar to like the here's a puzzle I, that you immediately will solve because I want to tell you this. He doesn't. He's not at the table. Sits down. Oh, looks like we're gonna go into the metaverse because no one else will go with this. Bye. It's just like very eat a single bite. Comedically <laughs> funny. Uh, so yeah, that gets, you got to turn around and they're like, all right, we've got, we've got our first four selections. Although, uh, Koshibai is still listed as tentative, mm-hmm. uh, but they do have, you got on board. Uh, and Ensa, who by the way, is not one of the people <laughs> who's going, she's <laughs> yeah. just there. He's just there being a good, a good friend. Uh, she says, so Toshisai son has the original, which means that leaves five glasses weapons left over after, you know, counting all of our, you know, like, like people who are backups. What are we going to do with those? Should we interview everyone again, including the people who have declined? Nero says, yes, we should do that. But before that, there's someone who I want to convince, and it'll be elementary to me. So I guess we'll continue the recruiting uh, next time. It looks like we're going to have more involved recruitment going on in this stretch of the story. I have to assume some of them will be like people from other classes, right? This isn't like an inner class thing or something like that. Um because we also haven't like had that conversation that uh, yes. he was supposed to have with like what class F or something like that. Um, so like I assume that's just going to happen. That's where my thought is. But this is a really really good chapter. This is just like very funny. It's a great exploration to Yugata's character, and it just like I guess captures the stupid energy that makes me enjoy Cipher Academy so much. Of just like this is the world we're in. I I don't know what to tell you. This this is just it. So we're having fun with it. I won't give you the secret until you defeat me in a duel. Anyway, I summon P- Petit Moth and attack <laughs> your blue eyes white dragon. Oh no, I lost. Oh, oh, I guess I gotta tell you what an idiot I am. <laughs> Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, but Nick, we have a brand yeah. new series to talk about. So we do. It's a new series called Mamma Yu Yu. Uh, <laughs> Everyone in this series is Italian. On it's me. all Italian people. You can't tell me not to pronounce the series. Mamma Yu Yu. It's right there. So we're given backstory that states that there are constantly two beings in the world that are opposed to each other the hero and the demon lord the hero is one who vanquishes darkness and brings peace the demon lord is one who rules the world through fear shrouded in darkness and we are basically immediately dumped into a scene where the demon lord is a female demon who uh is the hero's mother Although she looks like she's like, I yeah, I was gonna say I thought she was like the little sister character when I first saw the art, right? But she very much acts like a mom to him and is like, "I'll be back by six and he calls her an old hag and stuff. And uh, so we get like backstory through people who are being interviewed. We never see the interviewer, but there's an interviewer, yeah, and they just like, 
randomly interview people are like oh what do you think about like the, the everything that's going on right now it's like oh yeah everything's at peace and it's kind of weird that like you know humans and demons are just like at peace with each other because some of the people who are answering the interview have demon horns and stuff and it's like yeah we're just like basically you know fully at peace with each other who's the current hero i don't i don't really know uh what's his name non lay boy uh and so Corleo is the name of our protagonist, and he has this mark on his hand that distinguishes that he is the hero. Uh, when the previous hero passed away, a sigil appeared on his hand when he was only two months old. He was taken in by the demon lord, Ma-Ma-Ma. <laughs> Ma-Ma-Mia! Ma-Ma-Ma! I mean, there, there is no I there, but come on, Nick. Ma-Ma-Mia. Ma-Ma-Mia. <laughs> so she's uh, been raising him. Uh, he's now 18. Is he 18 or is he 16? Hang on. 18. So, but it's like, oh, but, you know, it's like, what kind of purpose does he have if he's, you know, the hero who fights for peace and stuff, if they're in a time of peace? What does it mean to be a hero? And uh, so then we cut to, like, at the end of the day, he's gone back home, talks to Mamma Mia, and uh, is like, Mamma want... Mia, you're 38 years old! <laughs> She's she's really a thirty eight years old, guys. It's fine. Yeah, it's very cool to think that. Yeah. So uh, he's like, I want to like take mi- military training and stuff, and she's like, No, you need to go to college. We don't have any military duties anymore. All this demon king hero stuff is nonsense now. What does it mean to be a hero, though, Mama? Uh, She's so, like, she's like, you got to put the spaghetti on the sauce. You got to put in the oregano. These are the important all things. Uh, and Corleo, like, you know, just looks back on this history of all these great heroes that there were. And he's like, what about me, though? I just study and eat and sleep and I live an easy life. Does that make me a hero? Uh, I don't want to be a hero anymore. Uh, and then all of a sudden, one day, bah, you've got to come to Army headquarters. Check out this badass guy with five belts. His name is Evan All Green, and he is all black, basically. What if we see the title, like the color pages, though, and he, like, everything is a different shade of green? Then Nick, then it wouldn't make sense. And then it would. Uh, it's not, though. Mm. Yeah. So, You're not wrong. No. So, uh,. He he looks at Corleo as like there's another one besides me. I'm the hero Evan Algreen, and while fighting the Demon Lord, I got hit with some sort of Isekai attack, sending me to this world. So he's here, and Corleo's like, "Oh my god, this guy's a real hero!" And then Mama shows up and is like, "What's going on?" And and freaking Evan is like, "Ah!" tries to stab her. Uh, Demon Lord, what are you doing? And all the people stop him and are like, oh, well, everyone coexists here. What's going on? Oh, sorry. But, uh, well, my my Demon King's going to come here and cause disaster. And I'm to blame for not finishing it off. I'm the only person who can stop it. So uh, after I slay the Demon King for my world, you can do what you want with me. Bah. So uh, a random demon guy says like, wait, you say you're a hero from another world? That's stupid. And an even stranger-looking human guy says, Tell me, when did you come to this world? He's like, I don't know, eight days ago. And this fucking weird guy 
just says, well, as the valedictorian of the university law department and international policy studies, there being two heroes could disrupt the world's laws and might possibly cause fatal risks in the planet. How do you know that? Uh, sure. You just said you're a law school and international policy student, not a master of the arcane or physics. What the fuck are you talking he's, about? He's the smartest guy in the room, so he had to posit a couple ideas. Anyway, he says that they need to kill Evan Algreen just, just immediately. I do like the idea. We have to kill him. I, I, I ran the numbers. We have to kill him right now. So Evan brings to the point like, okay, if you are accepting my story that I'm a real hero, then that should also give credence to my story that a demon lord's coming. And if you kill me now, you'll have to deal with two demon lords and only have one hero. It's flawless logic. <laughs> They're like, shit. He's a genius. So he's like, look, just let me, fi- I'll take care of the demon lord that's coming through and then you can do what you want with me. And Corleo's like, it was then as I saw the man who called himself here before me that I could he- feel my heart tremble. Uh, they make Evan stay in a jail cell. Uh, and uh, then Corleo visits him and Evan's like, you've got no sigil sorcery in this world, right? Sigil sorcery lets me go whoosh fire woo. Like yeah, I don't have that. So Curly, I was like, I can't. I, it's great that I get a chance to talk to a hero. This does, doesn't happen often. And Evan's like, Hey, let's go take a walk. Yeah, I mean, like, look, they they can't actually hold me here, but I'm just doing it for you know to be nice. Teleports them away. It's like I'll return to my cell later. Uh, so they're like, Hey, check this out while we spar. And uh, he makes a pair of wooden swords for them to spar with. And Corleo's like, yeah, I've never practiced with a sword before. Uh, uh, and uh, Corleo's, and he's like, well, if you've never practiced it before, you're kind of impressive. Really? Yeah, really. And Corleo's like, what does being a hero mean? There's There's a lot of interesting things that are going on with, like, the paneling at this point. Uh, there's like uh, attacks that are leaving the panel. The one movement has like the edges of the panel with like a blur. And then the, the, what does it mean to be a hero is literally framed by like a a sound effect for halt, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, (laughs) Nick's like, and then I keep going. I'm not (laughs) sorry. Uh, so, What's a hero? Who's soon to be a hero? I don't know the answers to those questions, says Corleo, the quote-unquote hero. Uh, he sees a couple of kids picking on another kid and is like, What are you guys doing? S- don't gang up on people. And one of the boys is like, Oh, bring it, dork. Uh, and um, the other guy stops him. And the guy who was bullied is like, Thank you. And uh, the guy who was a bully was like, just so you know, I'm not running away, fraud. And um, I guess they fight. I guess. Corleo didn't have a bandage over his face after the after the training with Evan. And now he does when he's talking to Mama. And he's like, she says, I heard you got into a stupid fight. He's like, I didn't punch anyone. I just gave them a stern warning. And she's like, don't even do that. <laughs> Be a coward! <laughs> so, and she says, like, what, you think you're some kind of hero now? And he's like, well, I am a hero. I mean, like, what's the sigil doing on my hand if I'm not a hero? What does that make me? 
I don't even know who I am anymore. Is that, I don't get this. If this is what being born a hero gets me, I'd rather have not been born at all. And uh, Mama grabs him by the um, sleeve, even though they're like facing each other. So it's a little weird that she does that. But uh, she's like, I'm sorry. I wasn't taking you seriously. I never thought you'd suffer so much from this. I've got my own ideas and they come from my love for you. Everborn. And then he runs away. So she caught him by the sleeve and then he ran away. It was a little weird. Uh -huh. uh, so Carleo's like, what am I? Am I some little kid? I guess I'll go and apologize. Oh, the window behind him turns black and Evan appears behind him and drags him into an abyss. A gasp. Uh, and at that moment, Lady Mama gets a word from outside that a huge thing is coming for them. Meanwhile, in the abyss, uh, Evan you know, has dragged Corleo in after him. Corleo's like, "What? why'd you bring me here? And he says, here it comes. Demon Lord End. A thing of many mouths and hands and eyes. It's gross. It's very gross. And it wants to kill Evan. And it's going after them. And uh, Evan says it's really small. It must have used a lot of energy to come over. It's very big. So it must have been even bigger before. He starts to use his sigil thing. There's he, he shrinks it into a cube that is about the size of like a car, um, which is also accomplished in a way of like the panel like shrinks around it. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting effect. And Evan says, yeah, so I brought you here so I could kill you. Uh because you can't have multiple heroes or multiple demon lords existing. It causes rifts in the world. That weird guy with the glasses was correct. Uh, but if I get rid of you and this thing, then there will just be one hero and one demon lord. And then I'll reside in this world permanently. He's got good logic. He's like, look, yeah. you kind of also did try to do it to me. So like not for nothing, but like, you know, fair is fair. Yeah. So he's like, look, I got nowhere to go. Even if I kill this Demon King, the environment of my old world is no longer uh, inhabitable. So I use my sorcerer to come to this world. Before you die, though, let me ask you this. What does it mean to be a hero? He doesn't know, too. Uh, and um, so there's panic outside. Uh, a soldier reports to Mama Ma that uh, a giant life form was spotted along with Evan and Corleo. She gets really scared. And then she goes, Arr! and she looks at her hand and the sigil is glowing. Uh, and uh, Corleo, meanwhile, is at Evan's mercy. And he's like, what does it mean to be a hero? I don't know. Look for your own damn answer. And uh, the uh, demon lord uh, breaks free from the cube thing and starts to grow again and come after him. And Evan's like, huh, I've never known what a hero was. I thought I knew when I was a child, but I ended up clueless in the end. And Corleo's like, a hero is strong and fights against their foes. That's what they're supposed to be. And yet, wait, that is the answer. Then what? What don't I understand? A hero is strong and fights against their foes. They're always protecting something. Evan has the means to protect himself. Corleo's goodwill was something Evan deemed unnecessary. Ah, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Heroes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I guess I've always wanted to be a hero. Anyway, so the Demon Lord came after Evan, who was, like, very briefly distracted. Corleo got up from his demon position, shoved him out of the way. He's in pieces now. Like, fully, like, 
upper torso ripped yeah. away from his legs, arm torn off. He is going to die. And uh, Corleo says, I guess I've always wanted to be a hero. But in spite of that, no wonder I didn't have a clue. And his eyes go dark. And then he wakes up and Mamama is crying over him. And uh, he looks up and also sees Evan. He's like, what happened? Oh, I beat the demon <laughs> I did that. I, I did it. <laughs> the thing I, I told you would be very easy. I, I did it. It was very I, easy. I it. it was very easy. Uh, and uh, Evan says, I am trading my life to heal you. Listen, I've killed people. Friend, foe, I've killed anyone necessary. My world was cruel and I couldn't survive there otherwise. Don't think of me as a hero. A hero fights to protect. You're not a hero because you're strong. You're not a hero because you fight. You grow stronger to protect, and you fight to protect. I'd forgotten that. I had tried to forget it. If you have a heroic heart, everyone will call you hero. Be proud, Corleo. Without a doubt, you are a hero. And uh, Evan fades away, just yeah. like fully. And as he goes, he we see like this calling out to him. Uh, different people that he knew in life that he kind of just name drops briefly. He thinks I couldn't protect a single thing, and he thinks, "Can I come over to your to your side?" And the last voice says, "Let's all talk again." But then the last note that we end on is Corleo waking up, fully regenerated and healed by Evan's magic. Evan's gone; uh, his equipment remains behind, and Mama is crying over him. And it's uh, we get our full title drop. Mama Yu Yu, number one, the day I became a hero. I feel like I've got an idea on how you feel about it based off the way you discussed it during a recap. Doesn't seem like you had a ton of interest in this one. No. Um, I, I, I will speak to a more positive side. I was actually pretty impressed with this first chapter. It's not perfect by any stretch, but it does do that thing that I really like, which is like the first chapter really feels like a full story. It's not necessarily a chapter that's an introduction to this world it felt like it was trying to tell something that gave us a small arc for this lead character really at the end of this chapter all i know is corleo has some measure of an idea of what it means to be a hero now and he wants to continue to try to aspire after that um but i don't know what the full series will be about uh, and i think that's going to really nail down a couple things for this series i kind of established that it's already a world at peace so I'm curious what his path to being a warrior, a real hero is going to be. Um, I don't think we really got anything of Mama Ma's character. And I would like to see a little bit more of her to see what it seems like she's going to be the other primary protagonist in this series or like secondary character. So I'm, I'm very curious to see like if they can flesh her out. I, I don't want to say like, oh, this is an instant hit or, or even that this is like really, really good. I just want to say I was I was impressed by this. I thought that there's at least some level of potential. I like that there are very creative ideas in the paneling, in like the, you know, sort of the layout of the pages. The art's kind of out there, but like in a comfortable way. Um, character designs worked. I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm not like down bad for this series but i I am interested to see like at least the next two chapters i experienced nothing when reading this chapter and that's fair i can absolutely see how that is possible so i'm not i did not experience anything negative about it 
that will make me say like, oh, no, this is going to suck or anything like that. I literally read this chapter and just felt like, okay. And we'll see where the next one goes. And it felt a little bit weird to read a chapter as long as it was and then go, okay, and not feel anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I'm going to reserve full judgment on this for a little bit uh, because it really feels like I this was just just a prologue Mm. uh like it felt like this was the first 10 minutes of the movie uh that you know like you that that's it (sighs) new sexorcist (laughs) (laughs) my Uh, god (laughs) we gotta we gotta get to it nick it's all about uh I forget what this chapter is even about. <laughs> like sitting there, I'm like, what happens in this chapter? I mean, not a lot, really. It's real. It's okay. So chapter 17, I was afraid. Uh, I was petrified. Couldn't even think about my side. But this is Shiroha. She lost. Ain't the no fight. mountain high enough. I get it, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, staying alive. Ah, ah, ah. So, um, she. Yeah, Gakuro won the duel with Shiroa by breaking her her exorcist weapon thing. Uh, but he uh, got his ass kicked a bit too, so he went on. Uh, he fainted and was unconscious and stuff. Has a nightmare about Shiroha being fucking executed by her family and him not being able to stop it. And he literally like reaches out to try and stop it, and and then and his, when he wakes, he's reaching out for the ceiling. Uh, but uh, Shiroha is like watching over him uh, as he recovers. And uh, she was, he, he was brought to the occult club room and knew I healed some of his wounds uh, following their duel. And he starts to say something when she like, like after she's confirmed that he's okay, she immediately like turns away from him. Uh, and when he starts to say something, she says, my loss of composure over your words led to my defeat. But I don't consider that my failing. It was your strength. It's kind of nice. Kind of a nice little moment there. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, she, she's not beating herself over the way that she lost. She's like, yeah, that's how strong you are. So uh, then she asks, like, uh, it looks like you're kind of having a nightmare. And Gakuro is like, yeah, what's going to fucking happen to her now? Uh, and she says, oh no, because I whooped your ass. Are they going to kill you? Oh, because I totally owned you. They're going to murder you now, Shiroha, because you suck and I rule. You're going to be dead. Dead like my dad. <laughs> and that's terrible. Terrible like how terrible you got your ass kicked by me. I'm so sorry. I i don't have many victories under my belt, so I'm, I'm really just trying to live in the moment. Just I like really- that moment I kicked your ass. I, I, you know how it's like, act like you've been there before. I've got no context of what being competent at anything is like. So I just, I got to rub your face in it. I've never even seen the podium before, Shiroha. You have to understand how special this is for me right now. <laughs> you loser. <laughs> anyway, Shiroha says that he's a good person. <laughs> um... This is my favorite moment is she turns and she's like, you know, I'm probably going to die before because I lost. But you have a greatest pr- greater purpose and you have to protect Nui. So don't worry about me. See ya. And you're like, see ya. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to go die now. Catch ya. Go <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> All right. 
She's like fully resigned to it. She even has that very like, you know, sad, dramatic line ready to go where, he, where you know, Gakuro is like, you know, he can't get up to stop her because he's still too hurt. So, like, Fujino! And she says, it's been fun. And it's like, oh, another chapter would have ended there. Like another series would end a chapter there and be like, oh, no, what's going to happen to her? It's like, no, we're on page four. Nui bursts through the door and it's like, all right, so I'm not letting you go anywhere because you will die. <laughs> Fortunately, I am broken. I yeah. can do whatever I want. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're like, there's a very complicated mechanic to why you can't go anywhere, but I'm just going to kind of negate that. Just uh, going to take it that way. But she does at least, they do, well, I guess we're, we're about to explain it, but they, they do yeah, at least yeah. stress that like there could be consequences for right, what happens right. here. So she says, like, look, I can't let you go home. And I'm not like, going to let anyone come after you while I'm here. And uh, but sure, I was like, you know, I was like, look, don't even bother. My soul gear has constraints called insidious binds. So literally the, the design of her mantle that has the hands choking her, that has a functional purpose, which is literally a bind on her. Which I'm fine with. It was it was interesting. I was like, oh, there's like a purpose to it. Uh, but uh, spoiler for like four pages later, uh, it, it, like that part gets removed, but that is still a part of her costume. And yeah, I was like, I mean, fair enough. This is the best part of her design. <laughs> so yes. Uh, so new I just takes a look at it very briefly. Uh. And, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, Gyokotsu's contract can be transferred over if they have my body. So they will just kill me and still maintain, you know, my my contract with him. Uh, so, you know, he's like, all right, change into your soul gear. Hmm. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I could try and rip them off, but that would just damage your nerves. Uh, so, yeah, I have control of them. Fam- your family no longer has control of your life. And Shiroha is not given enough time to like react to this it is it is a very routine shortcoming of new 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 sexist that just like stuff's just like yeah it's done yeah it moves very quickly shiroa is literally just kind of like sitting there dumbfounded and new just kind of stampedes her way through all of it yep it's just like okay yeah you can I, like I, you're no longer controlled by your family. Instead, I am now controlled by your family. But that's okay because like it all works out anyway. Let's have dinner. Let's see. We're all gonna eat here tonight. And like what the fuck? Like what's happening? Yep. Um, there is kind of a cute like end to the scene because like Akro is like I don't know how to react to anything. <laughs> I'm ill prepared for these circumstances, as most circumstances I am ill prepared for. So I'm just going to stutter your name. Uh, but she says. Sorry, I feel drained and can't seem to stand well. Can we just stay like this for a while? Yeah, that's like, like a cute just... scene. I think I've realized the only thing that I really like about the series is Shiroha. So She's I think best part of I think I just far, want yeah. a series about Shiroha. <laughs> that's, that's what I've come to realize. Uh, a, a spirit girl shows up. I legit when I had, I turned this like I got to the bottom of the page I was like, who the fuck is this character? I've never seen her before. No. And then. The next page, like you turn the page, you're like, "Who the fuck is this?" I was like, "Thank God, I wasn't Thank supposed you. to know who this character was." <laughs> I like sat there for a while. I was like, "Come on, think of every chapter they've introduced characters." Is she one of the girls from the beach? There were three of right. them. There were three girls from the beach. But no, it turns out she's just a spirit friend named Kathy. All right, I got a lot anyway, of- she's- yeah, Kathy. She's here. Here, here she is. Okay. 
they have a little toast and uh, dinner. Uh, and uh, then Nue has a bit of a conversation with Shiroha while they're eating. And it's weird because they have a little private conversation while they're sitting at a very loud table. <laughs> um, and Shiroha says that the loser would be given recognition for doing their best is a new and very strange concept to me. I would normally be stripped of my abilities and disposed of. And Nui just kind of looks at it for, for a second and, and says... Yeah, I got my work cut out for for me. You've got by that. You have you a lot of trauma. I have to unpack a lot with you. Yeah, so she's like, you're gonna be experiencing a lot of new stuff from now on, which is probably the most, for lack of a better word, human that Nua has acted in this series so far. <laughs> Where she's just like, yeah, I'm gonna help you out, but it's gonna take some time. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> Chiroha and Gakuro are gonna sleep in the same room. <laughs> What? This again is such like a weird thing the chapter brings up. It's like, okay, you guys are gonna sleep here together, Gakuro, you're also going to be here. And I'm like, Yeah. I get why. Like they established that Shiroa has to stay here now. She cannot right. go out that like her family will find her. She needs to kind of stay here under protection. And it's like, I guess Gakuro needs to stay here to protect her. Or again, New A. Again, I think this is just New Way is like might just be set i'm trying to set you up like i i am trying to push you guys closer together yeah uh kyokatsu is also in the room since you know he's bound to to shiroha and they have like a little privacy curtain kind of arranged between their their uh mats on the floor their tatami mats and uh he also but and then kyokatsu says it was like hey uh, i need to talk to Nui for a bit so take care of shiroha and gakura's like what are you doing? Please be more specific. <laughs> Such good, great wording. I was like, can you be more specific? <laughs> um, and he says, like, really bluntly, like, Shiroha can't sleep by herself, by her by herself. So I'm going to leave the curtain open between you two. Uh, and then he leaves before Gakuro can really protest. And Shiroha's like, yeah, you can ignore it. I'm, I'm going to close the, the curtain between you two. But literally, like, before she can even close the curtains, like, her hand is trembling. And it's like, God, this poor girl has just been through so much fucking trauma. She's terrified to be alone in the dark. And uh, Gakuro says, like, ah, I get horrible sweats when uh, I need the curtain to not be there. So they just lie down next to each other. And Gakura's like, oh, we're so close to each other. And Shiroha just reaches over and just pokes him in the arm. It's, okay. so, uh, it's so fucking... She has become such a fucking wooby character at this point. Yeah. Just like, oh, I'm... Like, she doesn't, like, ever get, like, ooh-woo or anything, but she's just like, right. I get scared. Can you hold my hand? I actually get yeah. pretty nervous. And I, it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, she explains more like, you know, this is why we had to go after New Way and everything. There, I didn't have this isn't I didn't have any thoughts on the matter because the entire family, the entire Exorcist world's <laughs> goals are connected to this. The entire Exorcist world, which we, I, I don't know. I I I just love that. The entirety of this conversation really just kind of establishes the the two sort of dynamics of these characters, which is like 
Shura has like a vested interest in this world and she has like all these deep personal feelings and there's a lot of things going on. And Gakuro just has the same fucking stunned ass impression I- expression in every scene. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, like he's seconds away from just screaming in existential terror. Does <laughs> It's got to be crazy to hang out with a guy like Gakuro, who just has that same level of reaction to everything. You know, D- dude, you're another exorcist. <laughs> dude has no thoughts to provide. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing going on in his head. Your except, parents are dead. Except pure panic. <laughs> everything you try. That's to, not good. Everything you tr- everything you try to do with him, he responds by getting more nervous. But at the end, you're like, hey, I don't know, dude. <laughs> Weirdly, his name isn't in the title of the series, but he's still the main character. I guess he's the exorcist, so I guess he is. He is the exorcist, yes. I can't sleep by myself at night. That's not good! I need you to sleep next to me. That's not good! (laughs) It's the face. I know it's because she's touched his hand and he's he's just, uh, you know, so nervous about it. But still, why does eyes get the fact he said nothing? (laughs) Like, he's a step away from pissing himself and being like, I have to go home! Um, eventually he does get it together and he does, like, actually, like, put his hand on her hand and she, like, immediately settles down and goes to sleep. Uh, and that's all she needs, you know. Uh, anyway, having that moment, which is tender on one end and awkward on the other. And meanwhile, Shiroha failed? No. But even so, understood. This is an order from the Lord. Damn it to hell. How many freaking times am I going to have to kill my pupils? And we are introduced to Shiroha's battle instructor and superior, Moroyoki Fujino. Oh, no. He's a guy in a tracksuit. We'll see this. There's a lot of weight on this character for this series that is annoyingly popular. Uh, but there's a lot of weight, I feel like, for my ability to enjoy the series, because I don't know what role Shiro- Shiro- Shiroha takes from here. That sounds like she's still going to be involved because this guy's trying to kill her. But, like, right. you're introducing a new character now, and I he's, for one, I don't know why, he's covered in a lot of ink. There's a, there's so much ink around his eyes. Uh, <laughs> but we'll have to see. If this dude's not interested, I'm very worried for the future of this series. So hopefully this is going to be, like, yeah. an interesting antagonist. Yeah, we will see. It's going to be a different approach. It's also going to be a little bit weird that Shiroha was like the fourth important character introduced to this, and she's, she's basically just the deuteragonist at this point in terms mm-hmm. of how much she's played into the plot so far. I'm still so, always wondering if yeah. the first girl is ever going to show up again. Yeah. Like, that felt like a character. I, I feel like she, she kind of got the... Uh, what was the name of that girl from fucking... Um, bone collection no uh the one with the little fucking blob guy uh do 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 doro hidoro no dora ron dora how can i forget it nick how can i forget yeah how can i possibly forget him uh but the the female lead from that gachiro or whatever her name was who just disappeared from the series like i wonder if that's the level we're gonna get here where they're just gonna be like eh, she's not actually that significant anymore i will anyway let's jump over to tinmaku cinema Uh scene 21 
the first movie continued. It's not which is also the, the, the final the, movie. The series is that they, there will be an extra chapter in the third volume, though, if you pick that up. Um, disappointingly, because the series was canceled so early, we see like none of the completed movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just pretty much all except for the scenes that we've already seen, just left entirely to the imagination. So, like, we we see the the sequence where like. Uh, Nagisa says goodbye to her mother. We see uh, Hajime just kind of like looking over, uh, not looking over, but like remembering all the time, all the stuff that they went through when making the movie, including when Tenmaku, you know, grabbed his arm so that he could write the movie, the script for the movie. Uh, it closes on Nagisa saying, "I'm home." Goes to black, and then credits roll. And as credits roll, a hush falls over the crowd, and then. doesn't work with only two of us <laughs> yeah they no. just get faster and faster and he's like oh god they're all breaking <laughs> um and uh karai and hajime look around at the audience all giving them a huge round of applause some people are standing for it uh the people who are watching the stream are, are, are all like yeah good on, good on our good on our guys there and uh, the judges yeah. are Roy, real roy's our boy energy yep uh, everyone's very happy about it, except Karai's mother. <laughs> uh, and there's also some people who just like come over to Karai and are like, oh, Soka was so moving and stuff. And Tenmaku says to Hajime, like, hey, doesn't it feel good? They're cheering for you. And uh, Hajime says, it's not just for me. Tenmaku says, eh, the movie belongs to the director. Really, you've worked so hard. Uh, and, uh, but and Tamaka's like, huh, maybe you're disappointed that I ha- haven't crossed over yet, though. And Hajime says, like, you know, when I watch a movie, I'm the type who likes to watch to the very end of the credits. This he is such a cute, look- fucking cute moment. I love this. He looks at the screen, and of course, while everyone is freaking out over the movie they watched, they're congratulating Karai, they're discussing excitedly. Hajime and Tamaku seemingly are the only ones who look at the screen as, like, just a little bit of inclusion there. There's uh, the credit written by Takihiko Tenmaku. It's so cute. Aww. And Hajime turns to Tenmaku and he says, I'm going to pursue a career in filmmaking. And he takes Tenmaku's hand and says, I want to continue working together. Will you team up with me? And Tenmaku thinks about the advice that, uh, you, know, you know, when he was first given his name. And he says, of course, it's the first time I got to put this name out there. It's really good stuff. Really, really good. Got ahead. They got the hardware. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wow, there are real fucking fancy ass trophies for this like high school fucking film competition. That's pretty cool. Uh, Hajime got an award for best script, which of course is actually Tanaka's award, but they also got a special award from the judges. And of course, Karai got best lead actress. Karai's mother comes over and is just like, you got some fucking nerve kid using my daughter for this. Uh, and Hajime starts to get scared, uh, but she says, you know, while she was wrapped up in this indie film, there were all these other offers for work. Small potatoes compared to the roles that I find for you normally, but among them, there could have been hidden gems that would make you sparkle like the shore. From now on, let's talk it over and decide together what projects you do. Yay! Mm-hmm. Things got a bit better between Karai and her mom. 
And she also t- 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 you know, turns to Hajime and says, the next time you want to, you know, work with Karai, go through her agency and make your offer, which is very, very, actually very cute. Just like, hey, you know, you, if, you, if you're going to be a big time movie maker, you got to go through the proper avenues. <laughs> so, uh, so Hajime gets all determined and he says, he says Karai, and then he's like, no, I mean, Himeki Kurakui, he's like, addresses her professionally and stuff. I, I, Hajime Shinichi, will make, continue making movies. I'll keep honing my abilities, achieving new milestones, so that one day I'll be the director worthy of working with you again. So when that happens, and Karai is like, I want to be in your next movie. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> I like she's all puffy. Like, what do you mean? I want to be in your next movie. Like, oh, it's yeah. very cute. You don't. I mean, it's good to branch out, though. To be clear, Hiveki, you have a lot of potential. I would, I would yeah. marry yourself to this horse. You don't have to be Helena Bottom Carter uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> for this. Um, hey, uh, all of uh, uh, the rest of the crew showed up. It looks like they got a ride from Karai's driver, which, if that is the case, is very cute. Yeah. Um, and they come and they hey they celebrate together. They're like you know looking over the trophies and it's like hey they did this together. It's very sweet. Uh, and they go to take a picture together. And while they do, Tanaku thinks to himself, "Old man Shirakawa, I hope you're seeing this." Together with Hajime, we're going to make fantastic movies. And in just that fleeting moment, Karai notices something and gets distracted. And uh, she points and, and says, just now it seemed like someone was right there. And both Hajime and Tanaku together go, huh? And they take a picture. And it's a really weird picture because the rest of yeah. the are going, yeah! <laughs> we were and Hajime- Oh, fuck yes! Look our nuts! And two people are like, ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> and we close on a bit of narration over a framed picture of this moment. It's been a little over ten years since we took this picture, and a movie starring Himeki Karakui has become world famous since then. The movie's title is The Fang. And this is a nice, nice little, just like, hey, little, little ending... Okay, get get like don't worry it all had a happy ending but no you don't get to see it yeah so i i do like that this series will get its extra chapter so that helped to like kind of fill in the spot here to let this chapter just be about the shore and its resolution stuff like that it really sucked if they were like nah you don't get that and it's like shit i promise that like it kind of set up the idea that uh he would do the, the the fang as well so like it's nice there um it's a bummer this is ending i really really like this series but i also have come to accept that i i think i would like this subject matter in just about anyone's hands and ultimately this series in like a more objective sense is it great uh i still think it's really good i think the passion in there is great but i, I if i do look and compare it to things like akane banashi and, and things like in its kind of contemporary space i can see why this didn't catch on in the same way um that said i'm bummed we won't get to talk about this anymore i really really enjoyed this series uh, but sometimes them's the breaks yeah, this, this is going to go very firmly in my, you know, early cancellation pet favorites kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I do think that a big thing that was holding it back was 
just not giving like a sense of like oh something huge was accomplished here regularly enough because mm-hmm. uh, you know like Akane in Akane Banashi the performances are much shorter than 20 chapters each so you get to have a lot of like miles a senses of milestones being achieved and stuff and I feel like maybe if things were tweaked a little bit you could have had something like that happen yeah. but hey Sukuda and Seiki they're gonna be just fine like they're they're, <laughs> they're gonna get something else uh, down the line, I'm sure, and uh, maybe they'll have uh, better luck on that one. We'll see. I hope so, but I'm glad we got to read it. Uh, oof, let's move on to Elusive Samurai. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that so harshly. Chapter I, 125. I, I'm in this uh, weird place right now with this series. It'll be okay. It's alright. We're gonna have story book endings, and we're gonna immediately transition into... More pedophile soldiers and the Elusive Samurai. It's chapter 125, Reunion 1337. And uh, it's a cool picture of Suki- of uh, Tokiyuki with a dragon. Yeah. Uh, so Pompadour Samurai guy showed up and is like, I am going to take Ayako. Just going to do it. And I am a comedy character, by the way. Uh-huh. Look at my goofy pompadour. I put armor around my pompadour and it serves as a helmet. Oh, aren't I goofy? It's, let me let me at you. Give it a It is a very weird thing that she's like, oh God, I hope I don't get knocked out because if I do, he's just going to take me. Take off. And I was like, yeah. that's an unnerving sentiment. It's terrifying. <laughs> oh no, this guy is going to kidnap Ayako and forcefully child bride her. Oh, but look at his goofy pompadour. But he's oh, he got sl- knocked off his feet with by a bunch of arrows. And, and as he's going downhill, he just has to run really quickly down the stairs while swinging his sword. How goofy. He wanted to kidnap and do bad things to Ayako. What a wacky. It, it is like that weird uh, Matsui humor where it's like very dark and cruel at times. Uh and maybe I'm just in a different place in my life, but I was just like, yeah, I, I'd like more Ayako. I just don't know if I want this particular version as much. I don't know. I just, I'm, I don't know. I'm not vibing with this series nearly as much as I used to. We're still stuck with a lot of characters. I just don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. So according to Shiba, this was very good for his side of the battle because it has disrupted the Hojo's forces, and now they're on to the second move. Behold, Tokuyuki, my secret weapon! And they open up a box and pull out Yasuye, who is uh, really beaten the fuck up. Uh, His hair is all pale and stuff, and he looks like he's not doing well. He doesn't even have any symbols on his head! No! Uh, and uh, so Tokyuki reacts to, you know, his, his uncle being hoisted up uh, on a rope. And uh, he says, Surrend- uh, Shiva says, surrender, Hojo Tokyuki, and I will spare Yasuye's life. And of course, you know, Tokyuki is completely stunned by this. He's distraught, can't take any action. Uh, a bunch of the other troops are shocked as well. And Shiva, you know, just commit- continues and presses the attack. And he's like, all right, if you're not going to answer, I'm going to take it that you refuse. People charge in. Um, a guy attacks, uh, Kojiro. Um, I believe this was the guy who, like, survived the experimentation by Uesugi, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, I think. Uh, and he hits, uh, Kojiro's sword so hard that, like, oh my god, my, my grip is dead from a single blow. And then he just, like, knocks him fucking away. 
uh, so he's not able to protect Tokyuki, who is still stunned. And uh, uh, everyone's like, oh, shit, uh, what do we do? And uh, uh, Tokyuki's like, I'll never forgive you, Shiba, but what should I do? I need time to think. Uh, and he's just stunned as uh, the guy uh, charges towards him until he is knocked away because, hey, remember that girl with the leg sword thing? She's here. It's it, it's Sheena, and uh, she says, "Ah, your 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 servant Sheena awaits your orders." So hey, I guess during the time skip, she got you good using her weapon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I don't know how to put words into anything at this point. Um, I don't hate Sheena. She is just at this point a like an 18th character to have to like pay attention and follow at this point it's very Eden zero like there's just so many fucking characters in this cast at this point that i'm just like i don't know i i think she needs to develop something besides an aesthetic before i'm going to be able to like truly connect with it but it's cool we're paying this off this was something kind of in the back of my mind like oh we kind of promised this character would show up and she did so that's nice it was nice that there was like a different thing happening as well, a different uh, trial to overcome. It's like, oh hey, well Tokyuki is the person who runs away and stuff. Well, how do you do that when there's someone you care about who's literally just being held hostage? You can't just win the battle by running away. What do you do? Uh, and uh, it did feel like, hey, there's like proper dramatic stakes happening for a good like half the chapter, and she mm-hmm. shows it to be a big hero. It's like, hey, it feels like a big, nice big entrance for her. So this was, I feel like, a. Inter- if we were to divide all of the chapters of the elusive samurai into on a, put, put them on a scale of bad to good uh, from this entire calendar year, this is going to be up towards the positive end pretty far. It's just that that entire scale is not very high <laughs> high up. <laughs> I, I think where it all falls. I think there's a place that I, I've accepted I am where I have to just reevaluate how I approach this series. Because I think I just need to like scale back what I expect out of it or what I'm going to get out of it. Like, I'm not going to be enjoying this series the same way I did, you know, two years ago or whatever. That just yeah. doesn't seem to be the case anymore. So I, I have to reapproach it and be like, find what I can and just connect with it that way. Because otherwise mm-hmm. it feels too much like a slog. Akane Banashi is what we're going to close on because there is no One Piece this week. So it's Story this, 77. This was, I know we only have done this for like, this is the second week, but this was a good decision because yeah. of weeks like this. Yeah. Story 77, I'm burning up. Uh, so we just kind of like flow straight into this one from Guriko's uh, thoughts of, on the last one, which is him realizing that he's just not as good as Akane already. Um and, you know, he just thinks about how everyone in the Shigama school is, you know, so talented. He's like, oh, my Karo is a really hot commodity. Koguma has all this Rakugo knowledge. Kyoji is popular with his compassion and honest storytelling. All of them are role models for me. I aspire to be like them. So I decided that in the same way they were inspirations to me, I wanted to be a role model for others to aspire to be like as a senior apprentice. So he wanted to be that way for Akane, but she's already better than him. And this real, this very brief explanation really hit it home for me, what he was going through when it was brought up in the last chapter. It seemed much more nebulous than like, oh, you know, he's feeling like, you know, bad because Akane surpassed him. It's like, yeah, because 
he can't be someone for her to aspire to now. It's a very big brother uh, thing, which is appropriate for the way they've defined their relationship so far. Um, and so, yeah, Gurga says, like, her improvement is insane. She's built different. <laughs> uh, but he also says, look, I don't want to give up on myself. I know it's just pointless pride, but I want to be like you guys. I want to run ahead of my little sister apprentice in terms of skill and be the kind of older brother apprentice she can look up to. And he bows deeply before my hero and says, I want to get better. You have to help me. And so my hero says, well, do you have anything in mind? And he starts to explain himself, but then the fireworks like finale goes off and it completely drowns him out so that only my hero can hear it. And he's like, yeah, I like it. All right, fine. Keep your secrets, manga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my Kara says, like, I know they're just the person. I'll get you in touch with them. And then after that, it's up to you. Uh, and uh, my Kara goes on to say, I'm glad that you and Akaneru are both taking this seriously. I think it's time I did the same about graduating to Shinuchi. <sighs> so what a big deal. Me- yeah, he takes he like fully stands up, poses with his hands in his pockets, and is like, "Yeah, this is my my cool character moment. <laughs> this is my, my make my declaration." Uh, Kyoji uh, comes around uh, after not getting drunk, um, gets a call on his phone, and uh, it's a call from Master Miroku, whom we've probably only very briefly seen before. Uh, but he says, like, look, I've got something for your ears only. Uh, and uh, again, don't get to see the rest of that conversation. Yeah, there's there's, there's a lot of uh, little like, all right, keep your secrets, right. old man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we cut over to Akane and Koguma, who are watching the fireworks show together. And Koguma says, hey, by the way, uh, about that four person event, don't feel bad for me. All right. And we get a flashback to like, oh, right. When Kogan was like, please win. I need to know somebody at this event, please. <laughs> um, and But he says like, yeah, I feel sorry, silly for worrying about you. Uh, and guy is like, I'm sorry. And then she says, good luck in the four person event. And he says, yeah, thanks to all the excitement in the selection around. Yeah, there's a lot of interest from the public about it. Perhaps this is the greatest chance I'll ever have to make a name for myself, and I intend to take advantage of it. But then he checks in with her and he's like, hey, how are you doing? And Akane says, I realized something during the selection round. In Rakugo, weakness can be a weapon too, but weakness is not the same as inexperience. The wavering of my emotions on stage, my defeating competition, are all due to my inexperience and she thinks to herself that's why I didn't meet the expectations that were placed on me it's like oof so she's still feeling bitter about that Um, but she says not only have the clouds lifted the sun is out I'm burning up since the selection round I've come to realize I want to polish my skills a whole lot more I'll do anything I can to become a futatsume and her main focus in all this is to catch up with, uh, I can't even remember his name. Like, we haven't seen this guy enough for 
like how important he has be- become. There's as, a lot like, of rivals in this series as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I blank it. I don't know, remember his name. Yeah. I'm sorry. But her Futatsume rival is what who she is thinking about during all of this. Like she had a lot of regrets for in a lot of different directions, and now it's like no, no, no. he's the reason I feel like I've got to live up to myself, my uh, my expectations. Kai say they're saying. Yes. Thank yes. you, Black Gendo. Yeah. <sighs> all right. One more thing, and one more. <laughs> one more Shigama, thing. Shigama uh, is approached by Urara, and uh, Shigama is like, "Oh, did you feel like paying me a visit?" And she says, "No, I just wanted to wear a ducat." <laughs> That's fair. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but she also says. The Kashiwaya Wonder Child was asking me about Shigama's art. Kashiwaya, who we also saw earlier, by the way, mm-hmm. he was around uh, Master Miroku uh, when he called Kyoji. And uh, so Urara says, I think he assumed I would be the easiest person to ask about it, which I found rather insulting. Uh, <laughs> um, Shigama says, did you tell him? And she's like, no. I made up a a likely excuse and left him in the dark. I'm not cut out to be helpful. Does that surprise you? And Shigama says no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, she says like, yeah, the Urara-chan I know wouldn't have told him. People just don't change that much. And Urara's like, yeah, they don't change. And yet we have changed quite a bit. We get a shot of the two of them hanging out with I can only assume that one of these is, oh gosh, uh, Isho. But yeah, I'm not the, sure guy, who the fourth. The, the guy on the left is definitely Isho. Um, right. I'm not sure who the guy on the right is supposed to be. Uh, I do think I mean, it is supposed to be someone we know, though. I'm just blanking right. on the different masters. And I mean, like, you can kind of tell that it's Shigama in the middle because they've got the same jawline and stuff, but they do all look very different from how they do currently, mm-hmm. um, except for Urara, who, you know, is a light skinned female character. There's two of those in this series. So, um, but Shigama says, we can't help that, that we've changed. We all rest on a different axis. Our paths might part ways, but we have to keep moving forward. Or we'll never reach anything. And he says this on a panel of his five apprentices all looking off in different directions as they prepare to move forward. And uh, yeah, this is a very cool, inspirational little chapter. It's a wild chapter because I, I guess I wasn't really expecting it in this, but it does make sense that like, hey, we established that there were students in uh, the Arakawa school and we've gotten to know each of them a little bit. And this chapter kind of goes to show like they are about to go their separate ways. They are all about to kind of branch out away from each other. Not exactly. The only one who seems like they might leave to any extent might be my Karu, who's going to mm-hmm. like try to promote to an even higher level. Um, but it does seem like all of them are advancing in their own ways. And it's kind of reflecting the idea that like, oh, at one time. These four here were also sort of peers to one another and whatnot. So it's a very interesting way of kind of establishing things. And uh, 
don't know. It caught me off guard how, like, oh, interesting. Everyone, Everyone's going to be doing their own thing now, it seems. Yeah. It's got, the, it's got a very Naruto kind of sense to it where it's like any time that we, there's a lot of focus on, like, a past character, it's like, hey, check it out. They had, like, the exact same dynamic as, like, a current <laughs> group from this series. <laughs> Uh, they lined up quite, one for one again. Not quite as like <laughs> that. The mere fact that we're talking about a group of four in one time and a group of five another is like oh, okay. <laughs> Still only one girl in each group though. That is, you can't. It, it's it's similar world to Naruto. One girl right. per team. <laughs> um. Yeah. Really like this chapter, and it kind of like sneaks up on you. It feels like. Uh, but as it just very nicely builds, checks in with all the apprentices and then sets up like, hey, all of these guys are all taking a step forward together and yet apart. It's neat. Uh-huh. And that's going to do it. That's our that's our manga for this week, everyone. Tell me, Quinn, what was your favorite? Who was your favorite? I think I'm going to give my favorite to Akane Banashi because of how unexpected it made me. I, I will say this. I think uh, character of the week is a much stronger category this week than chapter of the week. I don't know if any chapter was like, oh, my God, this blew me away. I think for me, it's between either Cypher Academy and this. Uh, and you know what? Upon saying that, I'm switching to Cypher Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Cypher Academy, I forgot how much it made me laugh. Like, it really like caught me off guard with how silly it was. So I'm going to give it to Cypher I'm so I sorry. Totally Ninja did. was like in the middle of writing and has to stop. Nah. Like, God fucking damn it. Uh, yeah. Um, it feels like the three like special chapters this time are Cypher Academy and Akane Panashi and Tenmaku Cinema. Tenmaku Cinema as just a chapter. I did not like it as much. I didn't feel like it was as strong. It's special because it's the end and it's a nice ending, but it's mm-hmm. not a great chapter. Uh, I. I am hmm. going to split the difference and I'm going to go with Akane Banashi and make Toshusai my character, my MVP, my character of the week. Um, Toshusai, yeah. interesting. A lot of my favorite moments from the chapter are for her. That's fair. Oh, so. I, I will uh, continue with the Cypher Academy character, but mine is going to be Yogata, who I I really, I love that they're like, yeah, she's five-year-old and destabilized her entire family because she's of her sense of justice. You're like, yeah, dog, she's been a menace and she's been fucking five. I'll go along with it. <laughs> Plus, I love just the moment of uh, Aroha showing up at her table and being like, oh, I guess me and uh, Toshisai had to go because no one else is going to try, but oh, well. And it's just like, the the like tomato on her fork falls. She's like, God damn it! <laughs> and um, just immediately falls for it. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't yeah. think about it. Maybe he's lying to me. <laughs> uh, the audience, by the way, picked Akane Banashi as the chapter of the week and Taiki from Blue Box as their character of the week. As I, I think there were a lot of really good character options this week. Rip, uh, Taiki. Uh, yeah, there was like a whole bunch I was considering throughout this week. Oh yeah, I I I considered Fumiko for her very like I like I like I like human chainsaw man more uh-huh. than demon chainsaw man. It was nice. Um, yeah, guys, that's gonna do it for weekly manga recap. Uh, it is the middle of September, which means we've got a couple of weeks to go before we can talk about uh, To Love Ru, which I'm sure will be a fascinating and deep conversation that we have. Until then, uh, we'll see you guys next week for some more Manga Manga Talkie Talkie. 
or maybe it'll just be regular manga talkie time by then. Who knows? Yeah, we might not. We might not have talkie talkies all the way there. It might just be manga talk talk. Uh, but that'll also be here on twitch.tv slash where we record all the shows live. Uh, our recorded episodes are up on weeklymagrecap.podbean.com, iTunes, Spotify, generally wherever podcasts can be shared is where the podcast will be. Video versions on youtube.com slash recap. The video version also has an introductory sequence done by Winston Dale Shredder and Milo Jack Stillitz. Thank you guys for providing that for us. Also, occasionally we get title cards done by Steve Mann, whose work you can check out wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn on the internet under uh, Steve Mann Art is where you can find that stuff. Uh, for information related to the podcast, you can check out the Discord, which will be linked wherever this gets posted. And from there, find the Google Doc that contains uh, like all the MVP voting, favorite series voting from when we started doing that about like six years ago, I think was when we first started doing it. Um, and uh, like history of the show in terms of like recommendations we've taken and make suggestions for stuff that you'd like us to cover. Ask questions for an eventual Q&A episode. All that stuff is maintained by Ninja X3i. Thank you, because we would forget to do that otherwise. Yep. And uh, lastly, just want to say, uh, if you guys uh, want some more some bonus content on uh, patreon.com slash recap, uh, we got a few ideas brewing for our next one. Uh, so check that out if you would be so inclined to do so. I think that's everything. So I think that's it. Next time. Yeah, thanks everybody. I hope you all have a good one. I don't have like a gag, so I'm just gonna just gonna kind of meander. Just gonna wander around. Yeah, I'm gonna be a wanderer. Going over here, going over here, going over there. When's the episode gonna end? I don't know. Gonna keep wandering. Do do do.